Founded in 2006, the world-famous Las Vegas Fight Shop is the world's number one destination for combat sports enthusiasts from all over the world. It's the number one shopping destination in all of Las Vegas per TripAdvisor, earning Yelp and TripAdvisor certificates of excellence. You've seen wrestlers and fighters from all promotions wearing their gear, and you've heard everyone talking about it. It's also known as the stall that runs them all, the 10th wonder of the world, the triple crown of combat, wrestling, boxing, MMA. It's your favorite wrestler's favorite store, and they joined us at StarCast in Las Vegas during Memorial Day weekend. Las Vegas Fight Shop is the only store in the world to feature and pay homage to pro wrestling, boxing, and MMA. It's Tony Schiavone inviting you to visit them at their new home inside the Las Vegas South Premier Outlets. It's worth the drive. And follow them on Twitter and Instagram at LV Fight Shop. That's at LV Fight Shop. Hi, my name is Bernie Sanders. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Boxofgimmicks.com With new items each and every week. The official store of what happened when. Something to wrestle with in 83 weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life or something for yourself. Because you got to take a little something for yourself when other people are paying for it. And buy patreon.com forward slash whw monday want to be a low-key big hog or a glass bottom boat rider how about a member of the hog tag express or slapdick nation every bernie bro is a member of the slapdick nation whether they know it or not join conrad thompson and tony Schiavone with bonus podcasts behind the scenes videos live weekly chats and new content each and every week and by Socialist Playground, LoisRules.com. Get all of your t-shirts from What Happened When right now at LoisRules.com, which is also the home of Antifa. And by StarCast 4. StarCast is coming to Baltimore November 7th through the 10th as part of AEW's Full Gear Weekend. Go to StarCast.com to get bundles that include bracelets to all the stage shows, Plus, tickets to full gear. And by the debut of All Elite Wrestling. AEW will be live on TNT each Wednesday night, beginning October 2nd, live from Washington. It's the most exciting thing that come out of Washington since the American Revolution, which is weird because Washington did not exist at the time other than the general who ran the Colonial Army, who eventually became president, and then we named everything after him. But... Still, join the revolution starting at 8 p.m. And as we all know, that's the way it works with socialism. The revolution never ends. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA, and Jim 
promotion. Only efforts what they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off. Center stage, Bischoff. Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder, Russo, Arquette, Champ. Vinnie, Max, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lowest rules, cat bass. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Ziggs a good-looking man. Quandike Bill, make a chance. Tommy, come over here. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of our motherfucking childhood, Noah Anthony Shivani! Man, you got some damn good lungs on you there, fella. Man, I'm pretty fired up about today, you know? You are? Well, I really like covering bad shows here on the show because it makes right. for the most fun show. And I got to admit, I don't remember much about this show. Of course, we're talking about fall brawl, 1993, but I fired up the old Google machine, pulled up the wrestling observer from September 27th, 1993. And I saw the way the readers voted the show. Oh, do you want to yeah. guess what the thumbs up percentage for fall brawl 93, according to the readers of the wrestling observer was, uh, 1%, zero, zero point 9%, two wow. thumbs up, 208 thumbs down, nine thumbs in the middle. I'm fired up. This is going to be fucking epic fall brawl. 93. Here we come, baby. I can't wait. 0.9 that sounds like uh that sounds like that soap 99.9% the shits yeah that's pretty much what this show is and that means you and I are about to have a blast if you've been living under a rock the format here is we do a watch along we encourage you to fire up your WWE network go over to in ring then click WCW then click pay-per-views and then find 1993 Eventually you land on fall brawl, 1993 from September 19th, 1993. It's two hours and 48 minutes. And we'll get a little help from a friend here. Do a little countdown action. And when we say play, you press play and we are off to the races. This is going to be fun, dude. I'm looking forward to this one. I am too. You know, I always look forward to hanging out with you. Yeah. This is the highlight of my week. Uh, every week I have to tape wrestling podcasts, not one, not two, not three, but four of them. And next week, that will be five. We hope everyone listening will go follow and like us on Twitter at the Arn show, uh, because you just this past week set up Arn Anderson's home rig and he is now set up and ready to be live podcasting. Uh, are you nervous, anxious, excited? Uh, I'm a little nervous and very much excited. I'm nervous because God bless him. I don't think he's ever used a mouse before. Now that, that kind of took me aback that he's never used a mouse before. But when he worked in the WWE, he had a laptop and it had one of those, uh, you know, those touch pads. So he never really has worked. <laughs> and I was saying, okay, you move it until the cursor is there. And then you push your left finger. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, this is crazier than trying to teach Lois to blow a guy. 
Blow a guy. Absolutely. So, he, you know, it's funny that he, he couldn't work a mouse because I heard the horsemen really were a hit with the rats back in the eighties. And you would think yeah. that that can't be that big of a difference, but I don't know. Well, you just never know what you come across in 2019, but he's ready. He's ready to go. And, uh, it, it should be great. And, uh, he and I spent some time together. Uh, we actually, uh, went to his house and then we, we got in his, uh, we got in his SUV and we drove to a music store because the, uh, the mic stand that I had had, uh, was not good enough for the mic that you had sent. And so we got a, went to the music store and we, we spent some time together and, uh, just, oh man, he is, he is so funny. And if you went to the Dean Malenko stage show at Starcast three, and you remember me saying Dean Malenko is a funny motherfucker, then you saw that I was correct, that I was right. He was absolutely hilarious. Well, the same thing can be said about Arn Anderson. And so trust me when I tell you he can be a reverend, he can be funny. It should be a great show. I need to ask you before we start this, how are those other two miserable fucks you do a, a podcast with? Well, I do it uh, with three other miserable fucks. One well, is your broadcast partner, Mr. Her, her, Sassafras yeah, himself. He, he's, he's not miserable. He's, 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 he's like me. He's so thrilled about October 2nd coming up. I mean, we are really excited about that. I, I, I'm sincere about that. But, you know, Bruce, who I love, Eric, who I love, great guys. They just, they have to, they're, they're not driven down in the ground yet. No, they, in fact, it's the other way. I think they've, uh, they've both been rejuvenated. You know, good. I, I think we well, good. sort of hinted around at this, but Bruce is actually moving to Connecticut. So he's going to be there all the time. And his travel life is about to change quite a bit. And he's really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to text him during Thanksgiving. I say, Hey, have you been over Vince's today? going over TV just to, you know, cause some shit, but, but still that's well, what, good. I mean, on, and Eric on, has moved on. there too. Hasn't he? You're acting right? like you're not going to be in Chicago at the con family Thanksgiving get together. Of course you are. You're damn right. I'd be there. Right, I was fixing to say, come on now. <laughs> Listen, let's, uh, without further ado, let's tag in our six man tag team partner here. And of course I get emotional whenever I'm talking to you about six mans, but whatever. Uh, you reckon she's awake? Is she available? Is she around? She's awake. And unfortunately, uh, 38 years ago, she was available. And, uh, and then she's been a part of my life ever since then. Here is Lois Shivani. How about three, two, one play school bells are ringing. Holy shit. Look, dun, 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 dun. Look there goes Tony running to the car. There's Lois you know, with all the kids when she was homeschooling them. You, you know, you know what? We, we had a sh car in the Shivani family like that. We did years ago. I heard that that <laughs> was the car that you pulled up to the private plane and it was quiet. And then the doors open and here, ah, and then the door shut and it goes quiet again. And that's when Arn hit the old, uh, shampoo line on you. Yes, he did. Hey, we're going to Houston. Where are you going to see three title matches? Oh, Ricky, the dragon steamboat against Ludge Steven Regal. And you're going to see the nasty boys go up against the world tag team champions, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma, Rick flair and, uh, Rick rude. And the most explosive match in wrestling history will finish it all, including the shock master. War games live from Houston. River, Bill Watson. Oh, yeah. 
I, I ran out of things to say there, so I just start speaking in tongues. Are you going to do that on Wednesdays? No, no, I'll I'll be ready to go Wednesdays, man. Can you imagine how much monster I'm going to have in me? Well, I, I didn't know that that was Jim's nickname for it. Uh, listen, I <laughs> I'm kind of surprised here. This must be right after uh, Jr. left. What a fucking look that that your boy is sporting here. He's got the bald head, but he's got the ponytail in the back. He's got the Oakley glasses with like a croaky necklace on it. And the most Andrew dice clay slash affliction <laughs> leather jacket covered in studs I've ever seen. Yeah. And me got a lot of gel on that hair. Wouldn't you agree? And look at that good looking motherfucker there. There's Eric Bischoff. Wait, hold on. I think Vince is calling on the other line. <laughs> he says that WWE's on Fox. Wait, he's still talking. He says I've ruined it in record time. We are gotta we gotta go. <laughs> I can't wait to see that show. I can't wait to see that show. Talk about pucker power that night. Hey, the ramp. I know you love the ramp. I love the you ramp. Love the, yep. You know what? I feel like the guy from uh from Anchorman. I love ramp. Remember he says <laughs> Steve Carroll's character says, I love lamp. Well, I'm that guy for WCW. I love ramp. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start out with steamboat and Lord Steven Regal. Steven Regal in very, very upset that they have pyro. Take a look at that winch down to my left. Yeah. And then take a look at that prick to my right. Bill Dundee, man, one of the fastest talkers in the business. You know, Bill Dundee was, uh, you know, we always equate, uh, and rightfully so, Jerry the King Lawler with Memphis, but Bill was kind of an icon in Memphis as well, wasn't he? Oh, big time. Yeah, he really was. And, of course, you know, we also, he also booked up with us a little bit, was part of that famous booking committee. This We're, we're, we're in a transition year here. Oh, big time. You know, you're, it's, it's not the old NWA anymore. Now it's WCW and you had to sort of feel it out with the old guard for a little bit, but now we're, we're transitioning into something else. JR is gone and you're starting to get some of the big stars from the WWF. And that's really what you're going to hang your hat on for 1994. Nitro is going to change everything in 95. The NWO catches fire in 96 and we're off to the races, but this is sort of, this is the taint of WCW and that. It ain't, it ain't the cock and nuts from Jim Crockett promotions. And it ain't the asshole of the NWO. It's right in between. It's the taint of WCW. It ain't the cock and the nuts and it ain't the asshole. It's wow. The taint. But that's why it's called taint. You didn't know about that. No. Yeah. The reason it's called taint is because it ain't dick and it ain't balls and it ain't asshole. It's right in the middle. It's taint. By the way, uh, speaking of taint, here comes Ricky, the dragon steamboat. And you'll notice that, uh, that belt tank gold, that's the world television title. And that's the one that, uh, Dave Milliken owns now and brings to some of our Starcast events. So if you'd like to get your picture made with that belt individually, catch a Starcast, and odds of chance it's there. It's hard to believe Michael Buffer opening up the, uh, the event. It's hard to believe that a, the match that begins with steamboat and regal two guys who can work was such a shitty show. This should have been, I mean, this should have been, man, right here we are. And 
it should have been a great match. And I guess maybe by the way, Ricky is, is 40 years old here. How good does he look for 40 years old? He's amazing. He was always amazing. Yeah. 40 years old there. Yeah. 40 years old here. This is a good match. You know, I mean, sure it is. It can't not be, but Meltzer didn't necessarily love it. He gave it a star in three quarters. Wow. A steamboat match for star in three quarters and take a look at the crowd. They go long. That's the reason he didn't like it. They go 17 minutes and five seconds. And he even says at about nine minutes, the match got boring. Yeah. Which I guess is something that, you know, sometimes WCW would do the matches on pay-per-view would go a little longer than they should have. How about the pockets of empty seats? Not a banner year for WCW in 1993. Yeah. I Vince would have never shown that. No, I mean, even on against the hard cam here, you can see pockets. He would have, he would have had people go collect from camera side and slide them over. Hey guys, you want to be on TV? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's just thinking ahead. And again, we talked about this being a transition period. This is a transition period, not only from, uh, old school to new school, if I could use that term, but it's also a transition from Bill Watts to Eric Bischoff too. We should mention there was one dark match. And, yeah. uh, it was Eric Watts and Bobby Eaton and Meltzer would say, luckily it didn't air because I was told this match would have only made a, a bad show worse. And mm. the idea that they're saying that about a Bobby Eaton match tells you everything you need to know about Eric Watts. We should mention this card. Well, it's all downhill from here. We've got Charlie Norris and big sky. Coming up next. Then we've got two cold and Marcus Bagwell who are, are, are going to try to steal the show here. Luckily the equalizer and Paul Orndorff are going to stop them. Joey Janela style. Then we've got ice train and Shanghai Pierce. Pierce. Then we got the nasty boys, Aaron Anderson and Paul Roma. Then we got cactus Jack and Yoshi Kwan. And then we got Rick rude and Rick flair. And then our main event, the war games and the war games has the fucking Shockmaster. So. Yeah. Not a great show. Yeah. Anything, anytime you say shock master, anytime you say equalizer, uh, you're going to have a shitty match, man. And you know, not, not only that, but by this time, I don't know. It, it's yeah, everything's kind of running together, right? I mean, one shitty match after one shitty match, and you got to put them over. And, uh, fortunately I think, uh, I think Jesse and I did as good as we could do on the commentary with this stuff. Cause you know, that we were both there for the intro of the shock master. And so we saw that we laughed along with it. We tried our best to, you know, put some of these guys over and, uh, it's what you had, man. What you got later coming up is uh, Tony Reed's rap and we're going to do a double header edition this week. We got really good feedback from last week's show. I think it's the highlight for most of our listeners every week. I get such overwhelming feedback about that segment. Don't you? Uh, yeah, I, I hear a lot about it. I'm not that thrilled about doing it at times. Some songs are okay. And, uh, although the songs we got picked up here, uh, one of them is pretty cool. Yeah. So before we tell you what's coming up today, we should give you a preview of what might be coming up next week. And Tony, I'm going to let you, I'm going to tell you three artists and I'm going to let you pick two. And that'll, that'll be who we do next week. Oh, rapping wise. Yes. Okay. Eminem. Okay. Afro man. 
DJ quick. Well, we're definitely going to do DJ quick. Okay. So DJ quick coming up next week. The name of the song is sweet black pussy. I knew that was coming. All right. And, uh, Afro man or Eminem. I'm going to go with Afro man. All right. So had you picked Eminem, we would have done shake that. But since you picked Afro man next week, we'll do DJ quick, sweet black pussy and Afro man's because I got high. So that's, what's coming up next week. Uh, this week, of course, later on in the show, we'll be featuring many men by 50 cent and back then by Mike Jones. Who? I love that you're in on the gag now, but of course what we got right now is, uh, two of the all time greats, Lord Steven Regal. And he's trying to take that world television championship off of Ricky steamboat, but the big news coming into the show. And this is really probably the thing we'll spend the most time talking about during this match happens four days prior to the show at a Charlotte courthouse. How about that? The national wrestling Alliance, which is a group of several promoters worldwide, but only one of whom at present even had a TV show and none of them were running like a full-time promotion. They're attempting to get a temporary restraining order against WCW to keep them from advertising the Ric Flair, Rick rude match as a world heavyweight title match of any kind. The NWA believed it would, should the match and result take place as scheduled, create the idea amongst wrestling fans that Rick rude was the NWA champion. Since rude was scheduled to belt the win, uh, to win the belt synonymous with the title, which, uh, had up until one week prior to the event been billed as an NWA championship. And I got to tell you, I've always been fascinated by this because as soon as Jim Crockett promotions is bought out by Ted Turner, it's no longer called Jim Crockett promotions. It's called world championship wrestling. And they would still present themselves as NWA wrestling, but slowly, but surely that would change. We know when flair leaves, he's going to take the big gold belt with him. They debut the new belt that Luger and Vader and sting and Ron Simmons and all those folks would wear. And they would call that the WCW world title. But when the big gold belt comes back, they're going to reintroduce it as the NWA world title. And here, allegedly these handful of fucking promoters have a real problem with Rick rude calling himself the NWA world champion. So they try to put a stop to it. And this is not when like the NWA at this point consists of guys like Dennis Carluzzo. God rest his soul, not shitting on him. Just saying, it's not like they're making some big major run here. It's just sort of local stuff. what do you think of this? We don't want Rick rude. We don't want you to call it the NWA world title. And we're going to sue you to stop you. It was, and I know I'm right here. It was a bunch of no names trying to be relevant or trying to win the lottery trying to be a part of this. That's all it was. This is all a work. It's all a work. Now, you know, now you can buy things. Now the NWA is a property, right? But back then it wasn't. So who all was involved in uh, a side of that one dead guy? Well, let me continue the report here from the observer. Okay. On September 1st, WCW withdrew as a member of the NWA and the NWA board of directors, which was 
which by the NWA bylaws controls and has decision-making power over the NWA world heavyweight title, refused to sanction the title change. And at their annual convention on September 3rd, decided to take control of the championship and create a new champion. So the deal is they had, they wanted to say about how things happened with this belt on TV. Of course, WCW owned by Ted Turner is like, go fuck off. So they withdraw on the first and they decide two days later, well, we'll just crown a new champion. By the way, no one will know because it's not on TV. Um, it was written. Several of the NWA members were led to believe an out of court settlement was reached on principle on September 14th, when WCW led the NWA lawyer, Ed Lyons to believe they were accepting the NWA's proposal that would allow WCW to go through with the flair rude title change provided WCW agrees to have rude drop the title clean to a wrestler of the NWA's choosing on an NWA house show before January 31st, 1994. That is so silly to me that WCW is like, yeah, we'll have him drop the belt to somebody somewhere eventually. Lots of other provisions in here as well, including WCW not being allowed to discredit the NWA name or title. And they're supposed to give the NWA the possession of the championship belt. Of course, they're talking about the big gold belt. Right. And if Rude wouldn't do the clean job to the wrestler of the NWA's choosing, then WCW would pay the NWA $100,000 per day in damages. Of course, early the next morning, the NWA lawyers were told that there might be a problem because WCW was concerned that Rude wouldn't agree to do the job. And obviously, if that was the case, the price in that daily penalty was just way too steep. The counteroffer was made that the Flair Rude match would be billed simply as for the world heavyweight title. And the result of the match would go as planned. And then on the broadcast, the announcers would read a disclaimer that this wasn't an NWA world heavyweight title match. And the national wrestling Alliance did not sanction this event as a title match, which apparently the NWA was still willing to accept later that morning, WCW pulled out of negotiating a settlement and announced that it had hired Faison Hicks to represent them in court for the temporary restraining order scheduled for that afternoon. And Hicks had represented both the NWA and WCW in a 91 case against Vince McMahon and won. And of course, this is when it was uh, taken to court that Rick couldn't wear the big gold belt on WWE TV, which is just, I mean, it is the most storied belt in history because of all this, you know, shenanigans that's happened with here, you know, the WWE and the NWA and WCW craziness. What do you remember about this? What were you hearing about it at the time? I, uh, I, the only thing I heard about it and the only thing that we did, we, we, every, we, every time we heard about, it, we rolled our eyes. We, we kind of rolled our eyes to the fact that one, that we were, do you think Vince would have paid attention to this? Fuck no, lawsuit? no, no, no. I, WCW back in the day was uh, settlement crazy. I mean, if you sued them, oh my God, we better do something about it. We all thought it was, we all thought it was a joke and you know, Conrad, it was a joke. Come on. Yeah. $100,000 a day. First of all, I laugh at an NWA convention, right? I mean, what's, what's, what's the NWA convention? It's going to be what? Four guys sitting around a table. Yeah. In 93, you mean not, not 1983, but 93. Right. Right. Uh, so I, we all thought it was a joke and, and, and on the. 
as far as everybody who was performing was concerned, we didn't pay attention to it at all. So, what was what? What finally happened? I don't even know what finally happened. Well, you know what happened? They told them to fucking suck a root. Right. That's that's what they should have done at the beginning. So, suck. <laughs> hey, suck a root. <laughs> I love that term. It's just silly, man, that this is. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's, 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 it's wrestling bullshit. It's all it is. Jim Crockett made the NWA more relevant on a national level than any other promoter. Made it more relevant. And thus, when he went out, when he went on TBS and thus WCW made it more relevant than any other. We should mention that, um, the NWA did have plans for who would have hypothetically been the person to beat rude and become the new NWA world champion. Oh, really? At the convention, they discussed three names, road warrior, Hawk, Terry Funk, and Ted DiBiase. And that leaks out to the observer in the torch. And a lot of the NWA members are pissed off that that's now been made public. WCW reopened negotiations with Hawk and DiBiase once this is printed and they're having serious talks back and forth, including DiBiase wanted 125 grand for a hundred dates with WCW and WCW didn't want to make that commitment, which I got to tell you in 1993 fucking Ted DiBiase is worth 125 grand all day. Yes, he is. I mean, my gosh, I know. I think that's like the most reasonable contract request I may have ever seen. That's right. Like, yeah. like Ted DiBiase today in 2019 is worth 125. And he ain't even wrestling. Just that's hey, right. Go stand over there, Mr. DiBiase. Here's your right. money. I don't know that, that we've talked about that, but you know, here's a little peek behind the curtain. I've used Ted DiBiase once at a star cast, huge success. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but guys like Ted DiBiase and Jimmy Hart, big line everywhere they go. If you grew up on those guys, you want to meet them and people are not disappointed. Highly recommend if you're listening to this and you're a promoter, you book a Ted DiBiase or a Jimmy Hart. I agree. And not only that, I I think you go back and you take a look at what the million dollar men, man meant to the WWE back then, you know, the angle, the million dollar man angle with the selling of the belt. Yeah. Yeah, that was the best angle ever to me. Yeah, I agree. Me and uh, me and Bruce have covered that. Yeah, uh, the the main event angle with the the double referee gimmick, and we still yeah. think it's one of the best things of all time. And by the I way, do. Meltzer agreed with us here. He says WCW didn't want to make that commitment, which should tell you something about the future contract negotiations with a lot of wrestlers, because there aren't a lot of DiBiase caliber performers in this country. And it was Eric Bischoff doing the negotiating back then, wasn't it? I don't think so. It wasn't. No, okay. I don't think so. All right. You do. Well, he wasn't running the company. Well, he was running the company back then. Wasn't he? I don't know that he was doing it at this point. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm saying he was like in charge of television. I think, I don't think he was like, all right. I, yeah. I, I, I that could, this, I could be this, wrong. This was the three headed monster we had back then. We should mention that it's 1994 when he's promoted from executive producer to executive vice president, which put him in charge of everything. So that's the next year. So I think here in 93, you know, he's still working his way up the ladder. I think we had, 
if I recall, if I'm right back at this time, we had Ole Anderson in charge of wrestling, Sharon Sedella in charge of marketing, you and Eric it. in charge, right? Yes. Yeah, and Eric in charge of TV. So this would have been Ole Anderson not wanting to pay. And I can see that because he's in tight, he's a tight old fucker. Well, and Ole Anderson's the guy who famously told Ric Flair after he lost to a loser leaves town match to Kurt on Raw. Well, what good are you to me now since you just lost on TV? Yeah. Like, can you imagine asking Ric Flair in 93? What good are you now? Are you fucking serious, bro? Yeah. Just on WrestleMania. I'm pretty used Well, to- look, Ole never liked Flair ever. So, no, there was a great clip of, of him doing an interview years ago where he says that Flair was the shits and Flair couldn't work and it was the same goddamn match every time. And, Flair thought it was only a good match. But it was a long match. He had to have every match be the fucking longest match. And he would go out through the curtain and just yell, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> and, you know, just yell, go home and shit like that. And of course that annoyed Flair because he thought he wanted to give the people their money's worth and wanted the performance to keep going. And there's two different styles. Well, eventually all he would say in some shoot interview somewhere, that's why I made him the goddamn champion just to get him out of our fucking territory. Cause the champion <laughs> had to go work all these other territories and then he'd get the fuck out of here. If I just give him the belt, he'd have to leave. Oh, that sounds like Ole Anderson. Buddy. Well, I, I just thought it was great. I got tired of that motherfucker. So I made him champion. So he'd leave. <laughs> so it just tickled me. Yeah. That's, uh, you had to know Ole. Uh, that's, that's all him, man. That was all him. I wonder how he's doing as, as on, we go into the future in pro wrestling. Take a look at this. Now, how long have they been going? They've, they got to be close to their finish here. There it is. That's gotta be it. No, that's not it. 17 minutes is going to be, uh, what we're looking at for the finish. We should mention this got the second best match. According oh to the reader of the readers of the observer, number one in a runaway is flair, Rick rude. And then okay. with about a third of the votes, steamboat regal is second. Okay. No debating what the worst match is though. It's anything with fucking ice train. Mm. <laughs> what do you think ice Ladies, train is doing these days? I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard anything about him. I, I'd be interested to find out though. You know, maybe DDP knows. He knows everything. I know he does. There's your finish. One, two, three. Give me the belt. He is still the champion or he is the new champion. Ice train, by the way, debuted with you guys in June. And this is his pay-per-view debut here. That's how we should have announced it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a one fall match in this corner. Ice train and his opponent making his way to the ring. It doesn't fucking matter. It's going to be a lousy match. Come on down. But that'd been cool, man. How ahead of the. Look at that. I love that. Bill Dundee with the cane shot Yep. right after Ricky got to skin the cat and show off that athleticism so late in the match, German suplex, little bridge gets the shoulder up. There's your finish and new television champion. I got to tell you, it made, uh, it made Riga look like a badass, but a villain yep. and he had to cheat. And it, it, it told a good story with steamboat. All right. Hang on now. I've got, I've got Eric Bischoff here and, and in my ear, I've, I've got Vince McMahon who's telling me that unbelievably he used to hire you gap tooth fucks, but you're not going to be on SmackDown. 
Well, you know, just like everybody else over the last couple of months, we've called Tony Schiavone and say, hey, Tony, can you talk to Tony, Tony Khan? Can you talk to Cody Rhodes? Can you get us a job? We'll do anything because I know there's money out there. We work for the WWE. We'd like to work for AEW because we've got a lot of great ideas, don't we? Yeah, that's right. One of my great ideas was XWF, and that lasted like, well, let's say it lasted like three weeks. But I ran that company in the ground. You hire me in AEW, I'd run them in the ground too. We're good at running shit to ground because we are nasty. You got it, Jack? Nasty. That's what we are. All right, let's go back. Uh, let's let's get out of here. They're trying to tell me about their GoFundMe. I guess Brian needs a new knee, and I may too. By the way, shout out to Brian Nobbs. If you're a Nasty Boy fan, I know I've talked about a lot here on the show. I am definitely uh, a fan of the Nasty Boys. They're like a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh my God, this looks like Chris Jericho's big brother. <laughs> big Sky on his way to the ring, aka if Jericho was on the gas. Hey, so, um, Brian Nobbs needs a new knee, man. And, uh, took to GoFundMe, needing a little help. Have you heard about this? I have not. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention it to everybody. If you're a nasty boy fan, like I am, you should probably check it out and consider it. Every little bit helps. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I think he only needs it. like 10 grand uh, to get there. He's more than halfway as I checked most recently. Uh, but, uh, if you're an ops fan or a nasty boy fan, you enjoy what we're doing here. Take a look at it, man. You'd be glad you did. I saw Brian Dobbs when we, uh, when I did an autograph signing at the old, uh, ECW, uh, show or venue a couple of uh, years ago. And, uh, he had lost. Oh my God. Oh you, my God. Are you okay? Yeah. Charlie Norris in the rain dance. Just, I, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, sorry. But saw Brian. I thought for a minute that maybe Missy Hyatt had come out, but no, you're, you're. <laughs> Transfixed by Charlie Norris. Yeah, I just uh, we had a a long in 2012. We had a long drought in uh, in Georgia. It was very very bad. Lake Lanier, which is our main water supply to the Metro Atlanta area, lost a lot of its. It went way down. We had Charlie Norris come out and do a rain dance for us, and we got rain. Anyway, I was I was talking that Brian Nobbs had lost a lot of weight. One of the he's really one of the good guys, and uh, my best to him. And no, it was a joke. They have not called me about a job in AEW. So there. But I bet you have been getting a lot of calls. I have been. I, people have been in touch with me. Yes. And you uh, know, and, I don't work and, there, but I get at least four a day. Do you? Every yeah. day. Yeah. That's like, and you know, I, it's like, dude, I don't even work there. Yeah. You like, know what? And, and, and let, I probably shouldn't even say this. We'll do it anyway. Okay. But if you're my friend. And I've worked with you in the business and we have been friends before. And you ask me to do you a favor. I will go to them and say, I heard it from this person. This is your decision. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push anybody, but I'm going to do what a friend would do. Say there's somebody out there that has said, if you have anything, here's what you can consider. So, but I'm not going to say, oh, you should hire him. Yeah, I think you should. I'm not doing that, but I'm going to just let pass along your, your well, desires. Well, thanks a lot, Tony. You're welcome. I mean, goddamn, you'd think I fucking get you back in the business. You'd put in a good word for me, but no, well, well, just get, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. And see, whoa. and see if you don't see that fat son of a bitch on there with me. Hang on now. Okay. Hey, how about blue chew? <laughs> Wait, well, help me understand what's going on here. First of all, I can't believe this is real, but Charlie Norris is on pay-per-view. Yeah, I know. And as Charlie Norris struts that ass out here, you stuttered like it was Francine or Medusa or Deborah. And then as, oh, as soon as there's an opportunity, you're like, Hey, let's talk about Belushi. Is there something you need to tell us about? No, there's nothing I need to. And, and don't go misconstruing what I'm saying. I just, all of a sudden I thought about Bluetooth. It had nothing to do with Charlie Norris. It may have had the fact, something to the fact that you mentioned Missy Hyatt's name. It had nothing to do with Charlie Norris. So don't start that. Okay. Okay. Don't. Don't start that. I said, okay. All right. Are you going to tell us about your, your big hog meat or whatever? Well, I can tell you that blue chew can work faster than pills. You know why? Because you chew it and it has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Salus. Cialis. Salus? Or as, what is a yeah. Salus? <laughs> it's Viagra. Viagra and Silas. It's Viagra and Cialis. No one can pronounce those names because no one gets them anymore. Everybody gets Blue Chew. Only takes a few minutes to connect with the BlueChew.com. This is very important. BlueChew.com affiliated physician. That's right. Mm. We have them. And if you qualify, in other words, you got a dick. Right. You'll get prescribed online quickly. No in-person doctor visit. No awkward conversations. You ever had an awkward conversation with your doctor, Conrad? Not really. Not like, oh, I got this durable stuck up my ass. Can you help it? Nothing like that? No, that hasn't happened. It's, is, okay. that, is, that, is that a normal conversation in your household? or? No, no, it's not. I just thought that would be an awkward conversation to have with a the doctor. So you get no in-person visit. Right. You have to wait in line at a pharmacy and walk up to my, you know, we, I've got a very nice pharmacist. She's a nice young lady. And I would walk up and say, give me something for my heart on. And that would be very uncomfortable. So you don't get that. Because it comes to your door in discreet packaging. It's made in the USA. Hell yeah, it's made in the USA. And the line is that we love to use because everybody's doing it now is chew it and do it. And do you know that at StarCast 3, uh, down in the vendor's room, right. there was a table with Selena De La Renta and Francine at the same table. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I went down there twice just to hang out with the girls. And first thing I thought of, I'm there between them, between them, and I'm thinking, where is the blue chew when you need it? And I had fans come by and said, Giovanni, where's your blue chew? And I'm thinking, wow, where would it be when I needed it? But we want to tell you that you can get it if you need it. You can get it for free, for absolutely free. Only pay $5 shipping. That's visit bluechew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code WHW. That's promo code WHW. Bluechew.com. Promo code WHW. Francine, Selena De La Renta, Tony Schiavone, Blue Chew. Wouldn't that be a night? I don't even know what we're doing right now, but I hope <laughs> you're still married when we're finished. Thank you very much. Now back to Charlie Norris. Now, what's more exciting? Blue Chew or this Charlie Norris finish? Blue Chew. There you go. But your finish, you'll be able to hit your finish 
after a much longer match than Charlie Norris put in here. Cause Charlie was only in the middle here tweak, but betwixt them cheeks for four minutes and 34 seconds. And if you're looking to last a little longer, blue cheese the way <laughs> you're going to wear this sort of get up or outfit when you're uh, on Wednesdays, do you think? Uh, no, I'm not. I know what I'm going to wear on Wednesdays. You're going to wear a blazer that says AEW on it. Yes, of course I am. And if you, if you go to the AW, uh, YouTube channel, you'll see that I, I've been wearing one on the road to TNT, man. I'm so excited about that. I am. Who the fuck is this kid? My goodness. Let's, uh, let's let him, let's, let's play the audio here. In the war games, you got the quickness of Harlem heat, the power of Vader and Big Sid Vicious, your comments. Well, you know, Scott, Vader is very strong and very tough. Sid Vicious is very quick. And Harlem Heat is very sneaky. But the British Bulldog, they've got the power to watch out for him. Then you've got the natural Dustin Rhodes. Then you've got the speed of Sting. And now we've got the big Shockmaster, all 400 plus pounds. We're not going to quit. We're not going to surrender. We're going to see who is the champion at War Games. Let's go back to the ring and the irrepressible Gary Michael Capella. Scott Dunlop, who is the uh, interviewer there, the stick man for the British Bulldog. And uh, he had cerebral palsy. So, pretty cool deal that you guys were letting him have a turn here. That's great. I, that shocked me because I, I had, I did not remember that at all. And, uh, there's another, uh, there's another kid out there who's, who was born with cerebral palsy and has made, uh, quite a name for himself on a national level. His name is Jason Benetti. Uh, you hear him on a lot of ESPN football games. He's TV announcer for the, uh, white Sox. He has overcome a lot in his life. Uh, and, uh, he's a good friend and, uh, well, when it comes to wrestling, uh, when you think of cerebral palsy, I think of uh, a friend of the show, Greg Iron, Gregory Iron on Twitter. Um, he's been wrestling for a long, long time, and he had a uh, a tag team with uh, a guy named Hobo Joe, and they called themselves the Homeless Handicap Connection. <laughs> Which is pretty good. And- <laughs> And, uh, he teamed with Zach Gowan, the famous one-legged wrestler from WCW. And they called themselves the handicap handguns. That's real. Are you serious? Yeah. He's a great guy. Solid follow on Twitter at yeah. Gregory iron on Twitter. If you'd like to check him out. That's oh my God. All right. Here's one of your favorite tag teams of all time. Conrad here, where they come dancing. I think me and you need to do this. If we do live shows ever again, now that you're busy. Yeah. Look at this. Look at buff Bagwell. That's how he was dancing on the way to the parking lot for Atlas. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Looks awfully young here. I, Hey, you know what? We, we've, we've shit on buff a number of times and probably rightfully so. Well, we'll do it a lot more. We're not. Oh, uh, yes. Out. Oh, yes. We're not. That's right. It's never stopped us. Uh, but. When he first started, he was a very young, good-looking man. He was. Okay, and I'm saying that not in a sexual way. He was a very handsome man. Wasn't he? Okay. I guess I'm the only one. 
commenting on that. Yep. Paul, Paul Orndorff had to be pretty pissed off. Okay. I mean, here's a guy who had to wrestle for us coming up in a few years. He would have to wrestle the, uh, uh the renegade, right? And here now we're asking him to wrestle with Evad Dave to be Dave Sullivan to be Evad right now as the equalizer. Stop talking into the camera. God. And as, as good a guy as the equalizer was, and he was a nice man, boy, was he terrible, but he was put into a spot to where, oh, it ain't his fault. Right. As you guys really, I don't know what the fuck you were doing with him. No, we did. Somebody looked at, at him one time and says, does he not look like Kevin Sullivan to you? And that's where we came up with the idea of Kevin Sullivan's brother. I feel like most of the gimmicks in this era were just sort of half-assed. I mean, the equalizer gimmick, you know, from the furry boots and all that, the presentation, he looks like a villain from like every eighties movie. Right. He's at least cast in the right role to be the bad guy though. Yeah. Thankfully, this match is a uh, star and a half. By the way, we should mention Charlie Norris uh, and Big Sky got a dud. Was that yeah. a surprise? No surprise at all. Uh, this one here, going to get star and a half. Hmm. Coming up next, though, Ice Train and Shanghai get negative one star. Well, Shanghai went on to have a pretty good, pretty good career. And we'll talk about that when he comes out, but Scorpio and Scorpio was so far ahead of his time. Was he not? Yes. Yes, he was. How about this? If you don't like to call Scorpio, fuck you. <laughs> Dude, he was awesome. <laughs> I love hey, if, if you don't like Duke Cold Scorpio, fuck you. Okay. I'm fine with that. Aren't you? Yeah, I am too. That's how I feel sometime about people who don't like our podcast, but I get it. You, you can't please everybody. I understand that. Well, enough people liked it to, uh, make you a goddamn millionaire. So <laughs> got that going. I am not a millionaire. Let me yet. Uh, let me say that. Yeah. 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 We know yet. Okay. All the wires haven't come through, but when all the wires are through, it's done deal, baby. Yeah. But I'd like to say this about the new company that I'm working for. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is this, this is feeling more and more like grilling Jr. every week. <laughs> it's just, really? you know, we're supposed to be talking about fall brawl 93. And you fucks just can't help, but just beat off to AEW. I love AEW too. Starcast four, full gear, roll tide, but you're disparaging and ruining a perfectly good equalizer buff Bagwell <laughs> match. And I won't stand for it. Okay. On second thought. Yeah. What about AEW? Go ahead. My bad. Laps. And I knew you could. I knew you couldn't say that without laughing. <laughs> 
ruining a perfectly good equalizer match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have some very good creative people that are behind the scenes. We really do. We have some great creative people behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm thrilled about working with them. Uh, names that you wouldn't know if I'd say their names, but they're just tremendous. And I'm excited about be, uh, about working with them. I really am. I like so, that. I like that you tried to put them over, but then you're like, "Hey, but they're a bunch of no name fucks. So I'm not even, <laughs> not even worth mentioning." <clears throat> QT. I mean, that's yeah. you're talking about really nice guys who are who are <clears throat> Steve Jones. <throat> yeah, <clears throat> Steve, you <clears throat> Dill Pickle, <clears throat> Dylan. <clears throat> I mean, people that <laughs> most of our listeners would know, but you're like. Yeah. Oh no, they're not worthy of a mention. <laughs> just if you're going to put them over, put them over. That's like, say the most, that's saying. the most backhanded compliment ever. It's like, if you're like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful dress. And she's like, oh you my know, God, thank you. And then you're like, yeah, my mom wears that one too. You know what? I cannot say anything nice about people without you shitting on me. You for didn't. saying nice things about people. You didn't, you, you, you collectively grouped up a bunch of people. Teased like you were going to put them over. And then when it came time to name, their name said, fuck it. Shivani. <laughs> Just, Hey, Steve, you, you're a genius QT. You're the man. We love you, Dylan. What's wrong with that? Matt Jackson, roll tide. I mean, just fucking hit him up. Hey, Dana, uh, how's it going? God. Great job. Robert, <clears throat> Chrissy, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. How about old Jeffrey? Oh, we love Jeffrey. <laughs> like just say that, put them over or fucking okay. don't. Okay. They're all great. Thank you. I put them over Thank you. now. Meanwhile, in the ring. The equalizer. <laughs> the equalizer. Makes Ian a hot pa- tag to the atrophied Paul Orndorff. <laughs> Dick Dancer down. <laughs> Dick Dancer down. And where's his partner? If you don't like his partner, fuck, fuck you. you. He's ahead of his time. He's nowhere to be found. Here's what See, I know. Here's, here's all I know about Two Cold Scorpio. All right. Likes marijuana. That's okay. Really big. For doing as many, uh, high flying maneuvers as he does, like he's doing four fifties and leg drops off the top and crazy shit at a weight that, you know, is like two luchadors and supposedly, supposedly him and Colonel Robert Parker had some things in common. Ah, big dicks. You would say, whoa, whoa, (laughs) what else would it be? Uh, Stuco Scorpio is not a six foot seven white guy. They're friendly with uh, Sherry. I don't know. Uh, okay, but you're you're saying you have it on. I don't. Good- say, I don't say. I was just. I was theorizing. I was, as you would say, I was freestyling here when you came up with that. First thing I thought of. And and he uh, he uh, supposedly, according to you, has has a great big dong. Yeah. So you said they. You said he. Uh, what were you referring to then? Why don't you tell me when you said he apparently has something in common with. Colonel Robert Parker. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they both worked the territories. Uh, uh, they both worked, uh, WCW. They both worked for WWE and now they're sort of quietly and jo- enjoying semi-retirement with the occasional appearance here, or there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why when I say that one guy has something in common with another guy to you, it's automatic. Oh, it's gotta be the size of their dicks. Well, I think, uh, Dick Jones kind of made us famous, haven't it? I wait, I are you know. saying I'm famous? Yes, you are. Really? Yes. What alternate universe am I famous in? Uh, you, okay. Okay. I challenge you 
I challenge you to go to a, a WWE or an AEW show. I challenge you. I go all the time, but yeah, but I challenge you to sit in the front row and then walk through the lobby and see how many people stop and ask you for your autograph. I challenge you that I know the answer to this. Okay. So don't say I'm just another fan. You know what? Four years ago, maybe so, but bull fucking shit now. Bull fucking shit now. Why are you not, why are you cussing not, me? What not not, not bullshit, but bull fucking shit now. Boy, you're just being mean. No, I'm not being mean. I'm being truthful. You have boy, Paul fell off that time. Oh man. They're beating him up. Hey, I'm enjoying this match, aren't you? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Oh God. Were you a, uh, I love when you raise your voice. Were you, were you a WCW? Were you off of wrestling in, uh, September of 93? Yep. We're we're done with it. Yeah. I'd put it down. What were you into in September of 93? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, football, basketball. Okay. I I was, I was. I watched a lot of basketball on TV from probably 1990 through 1997. Okay. I, I watched of, basketball. I mean, every night that it was on the and college NBA NBA. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I was, uh, oh my gosh. Like Scorpio just unloading on equalizer. Yeah. Scorpio had a, a pretty good sense of timing here. He knew that this match had kind of slowed down. So he was going to pick it up. All took a pretty good bump on a drop kick that really did not all over looking. the cameraman. And there he goes. Jack cross body. That's gotta be the finish. One. Oh. Bro, Evad couldn't even take a good bump. Look, man, look at Paul's right arm. You can yeah, really see the effects here now. Yeah, I know. Wonder how Paul's doing. Have you contacted Paul about Coming out and doing anything? Uh, we had one brief conversation once and it didn't work out, but okay. I know he, uh, had a rough patch where he had some medical bills and, uh, had right. fallen behind on some taxes or a mortgage or whatever and did a GoFundMe and that was successful and he managed to save the house and that's okay. great news, man. You know, I, I heard a story about Paul years ago. I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly this is rumoring innuendo, but supposedly Vince went to the main eventers of WrestleMania and of course he had leveraged himself in a big way, supposedly going from one bank and showing a financial statement that showed he had X amount of cash and he got that to bar to get a loan and then put the, the proceeds from that loan on his balance sheet and then provided, uh, an updated P and L, uh, with a new balance sheet to a new bank without disclosing the loan and just showing that cash as if it were an asset that he had earned. And he did this with a multitude of banks, sort of an advanced form of kiting of sorts mm. and, uh, leveraged himself over leveraged himself to allow WrestleMania to not only exist, but exist on such a big platform. So because he's in a cash crunch at the time and he really has pushed all his chips in, he allegedly, he went to the main eventers, uh, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T Paul Orndorff, um, and, and Bob Orton and said, Hey, uh, I want you guys to be a part of this. And I want this to be, you know, hugely successful. Here's the situation. I've risked a lot of money, put a lot of money on the line here. I can pay you X amount of dollars for the match and we can do it, you know, now, or we can wait till some of the revenues and proceeds come in 
and you guys can participate at a much bigger level, but you would be paid when those revenues came in, be it 30, 60, 90, 120 days from now, whatever. And all but one took the big money option. One guy took the, nope, don't believe in that bullshit. I'll take the money today. And that was Paul Orndorff. Wow. So supposedly he got like a, uh, I don't know. I'm freestyling a $10,000 payday, mm-hmm. but had he waited, it would have been 10 X or more. Uh-huh. Well, as you just heard from uh, Conrad Thompson there, uh, he did not take the big payday, but I took the big payday, and I moved from Wyoming to a brand-new home in beautiful downtown Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, Billy, would you have done something that ludicrous? It's you, baby. Uh, well, let me say this, my good fellow. Would you stop sticking your finger in your fucking ear? And, you know, I'm going to become one of the greatest trainers in all of WWE, the only problem is that the school that I run, they're going to have Terry Taylor. That's right. They're going to have the red fucking rooster. They're going to have him train. Don't they know that Terry's a stooge? Don't they? Uh, wait a minute. When you talk about stooge, buddy, you need to talk about the two guys down in the front, Shivani and Ventura. They're stooges. I'm talking filthy person. And nevertheless, I have guys like Terry Taylor helping out training people. And you wonder why we're not training good people anymore. All right. Well, you can say all you want about Terry Taylor. The fact is the Stooges aren't ringside. Let's go to him right now. By the way, I don't know that a lot of our listeners know this, but Bill Dundee's son is Jamie Dundee, uh, AKA JC ice from PG 13. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Dundee has been, uh, Pretty, pretty, pretty entertaining. If you're a fan of shoot interviews and the, and the like, uh, quite the gimmick for himself and his daughter, of course, talking about Bill Dundee, his daughter wound up marrying Bobby Eaton. Right. What a weird world it is where Bill Dundee's daughter, Donna marries one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bobby Eaton. I don't, they're no longer married. I don't think, or they may be, I, I don't know. I can't remember what Bobby told us. Well, if are you talking about when he was a guest on our show, right? Yeah. I think the deal is they're married. She just doesn't speak to him or whatever. Oh, there you go. Here we go, buddy. Not Here we go. Woo. 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 Ice cream. Ice train coming through, baby. Woo. Woo. Did you just call him ice cream? Ice train. I, I was slip with the tongue. Ice train coming through. Woo woo! Look at the arms, the legs, the chest, the traps on the ass on him. Look how big this guy is, Jesse Ventura. Like a locomotive. Woo woo! Yeah, baby. What did you think of Ice Train, Conrad? I I fucking hated him. I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't want him on TV. I didn't understand why he was there. He's a black Bill Kazmaier without all the records. And what I mean, I didn't, he, look, I, all right. Fuck him. No, look, okay. I know you like Scorpio sky a lot better. I get that. Scorpio sky. Can we stop uh, talking yeah. about AEW? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scorpio sky is really one of the better performers in the world today. I'm not arguing that, but what and he we, just, what? just so happens to be on AEW. He has nothing no. in common with ice. Uh, 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 not, well, He's black. That's it. That's the only thing. That okay, no, no, no. I was talking about, I was talking about a, a guy that can fly compared to a guy who's grounded, strong, and powerful wrestling style is what I was talking about. 
Okay, let me get this out. The fact <laughs> is, I think. <laughs> let me I get think, this out. <laughs> I think that I think there's something to be said for a strong, powerful, grounded guy. Everybody doesn't have to flip, flop, and fly around anymore. Don't you agree with that? Okay. Is that what? You know is what? that why you didn't like you? You didn't like Ice Train? He had somewhat of a personality coming to the ring. He was smiling. He was Tony, involved Tony, with the fans. Tony. Tony. Okay. I'm wrong. And no. I, want, I want you to show me the light. So show me the light here. What's your favorite ice train match? Uh, let's see. Let me, Oh, it's gotta be this one. Tell me how your, many, tell, how many stars did this get? Negative one, negative one. Are you sure you weren't looking in the mirror and it was one? Uh, I don't even know what that means. Let me ask. What's your favorite, favorite ice train promo? Okay. Uh, it had to be the first one he ever did because he was on top of his game. What did he say he went, in it? What did he say? Do you remember? He went, Hey, Shivani, woo, woo. I'm ice train. Woo, woo, woo. Locomotive coming through. Woo, woo. And he walked away and I thought, man, that's some good shit right there. I mean, if he would have kissed you, it was basically a fucking promo from the old TBS days. Yeah. It'd have been like me and Jimmy Valiant. You, you think ice train was kissing anybody? I know what you're leading me into, and I ain't going to go there anymore. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Ah, uh, yes, you do. Okay, let's see what. Let's let. Come on, let's get into this match. Come on, let's let's try to make this match a little bit better All right, than it really. Ice train looking for. Uh, there you go. A feat you of go. St- a test of strength here with Shanghai Pierce. I don't know if there he's ready because Shanghai's oh. idea, and everybody knows if the heel. St- oh, he kicked him in the no-no. Oh my God! Fucking heel move. Shanghai Pierce, man. Uh, he's going to be a Godwin, isn't he? In later life. Yes. Yes. He's going to be a hog farmer in later life. Hog farmer, pig farmer. And you know, there are some good pig farmers out there. Really? We should, yeah. I shouldn't have made fun of them. I know some pig farmers. I need to, you know what I need to do? What? I need, I need to put you in a car and drive you to where I grew up. Okay. And you just, you won't believe it. What does that mean? Well, it means uh, small, modest, really small time surroundings. I'll guarantee you that Gunnersville is 10 times bigger, 10, 20, 30 times bigger than Craigsville, Virginia. Oh, really? Oh, really? So when I say I've known some pig farmers, I've known some guys who've had trout farm, trout farms, but Craigsville, Virginia, according to the, uh, the 2010 census had 923 people in it. How about that? Gunnersville had 8,197. I was right again. Hey, wins. How about that? Woo. 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 Text. Slazinger. <laughs> he's pounding away. He's got a right hand. Out goes Slazinger. Oh my God. Your winner is Ice Train. <laughs> Look at him trap, baby. <laughs> what, what, did we just uh, become Ice Train fans here? We did, man. We, I, we put him over probably better than Jesse and I did right there in real, in real time. I'm not going to go for it. Okay. I don't like him. Fuck you just him. Don't like, you just, you just like those high flyers like Scorpio sky. 
So why do you keep talking about AEW? <laughs> Halloween Havoc 1993 coming <laughs> <your> <laughs> <word>. <laughs> on October 24th. <laughs> Behind the bookcase. That's where Lois keeps the dog hair. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see that they uh, on the network they finally uploaded the old uh, WCW All Nighter gimmicks? I have not seen it, but I've seen a lot of tweets about it that people Tons have been watching. Of tweets. I'm like, when are you covering it? When are you covering it? When are you covering it? Okay, guys, we will eventually. But we, you know, I gotta actually watch them first. Yeah. For, so I can shit shit upon them. <laughs> Supposedly, you had uh, real short shorts, had them legs showing, had a uh-huh. hiked up, had a lot of ham showing, <laughs> and uh, supposedly, yeah. Uh, Bobby Heenan even makes a joke that Lois needs to come run the vacuum, clean up some of the goddamn dog hair. <laughs> he was an innovator. He was ahead of his time. I'd never seen that. And our, and we both went to that same place. Well, there you go. We apparently have dog hair from the nineties still in this house. How about that? And those dogs are dead, but their hair's still here. I mean, we've had, God, how many dogs have we had? Help me understand a minute ago. I, I just asked, you know, I was sort of insinuating that lots of the boys hang out with different girls at, at wrestling shows or whatever. And when I brought up ice train, you got very uncomfortable. No, I didn't. Okay. I don't remember that. I'm getting very comfortable now. All right. Well, what was the deal? I mean, did, is there something you want to tell us about ice train? No, not at all. Okay. I thought he was great. You didn't like it. That's all we need. To no, know. no, no. Specifically. I want the record to show that I said. Hey, Missy, did you buy those? Oh, are you talking about buying the nasty boys? Yeah. Help me understand. Why would, why would you guys shoot that sign in 1993? Did you buy that? I don't know. Ask, ask Craig leathers. I don't know. I wasn't directing back then. Okay. That was the most Eric Bischoff answer I've ever heard. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's like you blame me for everything they do. You probably blame me and Eric Bischoff for everything they do. I'm just trying to ask questions and create dialogue and have something to talk about. Can I give you something to talk about here? Yeah. You're going to talk about your goddamn dick hair. (laughs) And what's wrong with that? Well, because I feel like a minute ago you were, you were teasing it. I didn't know if you were going back to Bluetooth. You were circling to this because when I was cutting you off on ice, you're like, hang on, hang on. Let me get this out here. And I thought for sure that you were going to throw right to a spot and you didn't, but I know if you're angling for, Hey, I got something I want to talk about. It's about getting your little Peter hard or getting your little Peter trimmed up. That's right. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a, a personal question? Well, well, why wouldn't you? Okay. Have you ever hurt your ball sack while you were manscaping? Yes. I trimmed my sack up most recently when I was at David Flair's uh-huh. and, um, I guess I was using not a new blade. I should have brought a new blade with me and I nicked my nuts. Uh, nick my I, nut. I didn't have, you know, I was just there for a night. So I didn't take my manscaper 2.0, but I realized as I was waking up early to tape a show with you that day, that boy, I have let my ball hair get a little unruly. Yeah. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and I used a regular razor, which was clearly not a new razor, which is probably nasty and not something I should have done. And as a result, yes, I bled all over David Flair's towel and it wasn't just regular blood. It was ball sack blood. God, God, that stuff is running. 
Well, you know, you should have used the new redesigned Lawnmower 2.0. I know, and I've got one. I just, I didn't take it with me, and okay. I'm just very disappointed in myself. But, but I mean, I knew better, and I should have waited, but I was anxious to get my gimmick worked on before I left town, and I didn't. And, and now, I'll tell you, uh, my new Lawnmower 2.0 is a lot like my American Express. I don't leave home without it. That's right. The reason is because they got skin safe technology. Won't snag, won't nick your nuts. That's exactly right. That's what it's got. And I've got one here at the house. And I, I'm not your age group. I didn't think it was a big deal, but now my life has changed. And let me tell you another reason my life has changed. I've talked about this a lot. I got some, got a little sample in the mail. And I thought, Ooh, this is very interesting. Maybe I'll give it a try. And now I am hooked. And that is the crop mop. Really? The crop preserver? The crop preserver is great. That's the deodorant. That's the little cream you put on your hands and you rub it on your balls. You let it dry after you take a shower. It's a deodorant. Keeps you, you know, fresh down there. But the crop mop, there are these individually, and I love these because I've ordered some more, individually packaged wipes. You know, like wipes for your ass. Oh, so you're keeping your balls fresh throughout the day now. That's exactly right. You just put one in your pocket, you go into a stall, you unzip, and you mop your crop, and you're ready to go. See, I firmly believe this. I, you know, I, I, there's, there's been so much said and written, and rightfully so, about deodorants underarmed and keeping you smelling fresh. I think for years we've gone without worrying about the way our crotch smell. And I think this has changed the industry. Let me ask, next time you and I get together, do you think we could do like a, a sniff test and put it on Patreon? No, no, we really, really couldn't. Uh, but the good news is that after you been after you and I have been sitting around watching TV for a long time and you stand up, that chair is not going to smell like Run you know, over asshole or spilt fuck. Right, because... I love that term, spilt fuck. Uh, because uh, of Manscaped. And um, I just, I really love... I really love their products. I, I'm, I'm sincere when I say that. Not just to be able to groom, but be able to refresh. And you know what else they got to? And I started using it just about three days ago. It, it, uh, it, it it's quite, uh, it's quite invigorating. It's called the Crop Reviver. It's a spray that has aloe vera in it. You just spray it on your nuts, and it also tingles your nuts too. So it, it. it it moistens, wait, it deodorizes. Wait, wait, wait. Do, not Tangle Jones here? <laughs> it's, it's, it's good stuff, all right? Good, good stuff. So I, I'm all for it. And here's how you, our listeners of WHW, can get in on all this. You can get 20% off and free shipping when you use this code, WHEN, W-H-E-N. Use the code WHEN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code W-H-E-N-WIN. I endorse it because I believe in it. And my nuts smell great. So I want to give a shout out right now and say hello to the Shivani children who are no doubt listening. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) God. Hi, right, where were we? We were into a match here. We're talking what about the nasty that? boys and the okay. nasty boys here. They probably didn't know about the crop preserver or the crop mop, but 
I somehow, and I have a sneaking suspicion here that Paul Roma is in the loop. By the yes, way, I, can you, I, can you believe that we have already sold a sponsorship for the Arn show to, uh, to blue chew? Isn't it great? I cannot wait for him to get on the microphone. This is a very nice microphone, by the way. I'm sure you'll agree. Oh, it's top of the line and say, you know, Conrad, I don't know how to tell you this, but when it comes to the bedroom, I don't wear white hats. I'm not a nice guy and I've been busting spines long before blue chew, but at my advanced age, <laughs> you got it all down already. Don't you? He's going to fucking murder the dick yeah. spots. Yeah. It's going to be so good. I don't mean to brag about my erection, Conrad, but you know, that, uh, sit pump up and will come out here and they toot their own horn about their dick and well, toot, toot. Go I'm going to turn my spot, that promo <laughs> into a dick, my I'm, dick. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't worried about your dick. Or JR's dick or Bruce's dick or Eric's dick. I'm worried about my dick. Yeah. And that's why I use the all new crop preserver. <laughs> yeah, Leah. That's right. If somebody says you can hook up my dick to a loco, you can put my dick to <laughs> my a dick locomotive. to a locomotive. Hook him up. Hook him up. <laughs> <laughs> my God. He has uh, no idea what he signed up for here, does uh, he? God, he's a good friend. It's going to uh, take him. It's going to take him a couple of weeks to settle uh, in. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. To me being, because yeah. <laughs> all of our interactions have been, you know, you know how I am in a professional setting. Yes, sir. No, sir. And yes, then you get sir. on here and you're like, Hey motherfucker. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're something else. He'll have fun with it. Oh, I, I hope he will. I hope you will. I just got to get him into it. You know, something I know I'm not going to be able to sell though. Is Paul Roma's a good wrestler. Arn reads rap. Yeah. You're not gonna be able to do that. That's only my deal. Well, speaking of your deal, how much more longer we got to this match? I don't want to get through a transitional period here. Uh, oh, we got this is a 38 minute match. Is it really? No, but it's, it is 23. So we got plenty of time, but speaking of your deal. Yeah. You have a deal now. Yeah, I do. With AEW. And you won't let any of our listeners go seven minutes without you talking about it and putting it over. Right. And it's because you're excited about it and, and it's changed your life. It's changed your life. Yeah. And, um, well, I feel like that, uh, it might be time for you to tell the story using a little song from Mike Jones. He had a song back in the day called back then. All right. And I've got the instrumental pulled up here and I've, I've emailed you over the lyrics. If you want to find those. All right. Mike Jones, of course, we have had a lot of fun with here on the show because, uh, it is the real name of Virgil, the character who played Virgil and Vincent. And every time you said Mike Jones, I would yell who, which was something he would do back in the day. And. That happened, I guess, in 05 is when Mike Jones really hit, but we brought him back to life here on the show a couple of years ago. And 
Uh, now it's fitting now that Tony's reading rap that we're finally getting around to a Mike Jones song. So I've got the instrumental pulled up and okay. <clears throat> we'll let you uh, do your thing whenever you think it's time and hit it and ready in three, two, one play. Out with the holes, try to stand me back in the old swamp. Me, I'm not on the home. I mean, back in the old swamp. Me, now I'm on those holes. I mean, I said back in the old swamp. Me, now I'm on those on me. Back in the old swamp. Me, I'd host them on. I said back in the old swamp. Me, now who's the home? Tony Chavani. Before I got back on TNT, these hoes didn't want no show, no love. They went to the balls club and used to treat me like a scrub. They wouldn't holler because my dollar wasn't swollen enough. Bet they changed my mind. They say on AE dub that they see I'm a star. Now they want to sit in my car. Now they want to count my cheese, smoke my weed, sit my bar. Now they want to love me, didn't diss me, to rush a hug and kiss me now. Telling me all friends I leave the how they miss me now. Two eight one three oh eight zero four. Hit your money up on low, cause Shawnee's about to blow. Before all these ice was my grill, before I got my major deal, these hoes wouldn't give a damn if I was here. Yeah. Before they have in my grill, before I got my major deal, these hoes wouldn't give a damn if I was here. Yeah. Before I got my ice my grill, baby, if I'm a major deal, these hoes wouldn't give me a damn. I was here. Yeah, because back then these hoes didn't know them on only back then those hoes want me. Now I'm on AW hoes on me. Then they didn't want me. Now I'm will get con on me. But then they didn't want me. Now I'm on the TV star want me. Now the ones want me. Now I'm on the hoes on me. But then hoes want me. Now I'm on the T hoes and you know, the hoes want me. Now I'm on TV hoes and now I'm getting mixed up here. But now these chairs almost are begging to pull me down the panties. A couple one of them says a cute lives is too chubby. Back says a size year later the same hoes want to fuck me because they see me pay pimping pins working my jelly and I ain't tripping cause my pocket sticks out of my, my belly they know I'm paid living on the shade two slabs on the escalate with four on the five estates they know I got it made a motherfucking baller since shit wasn't a slap dick now but I ain't got no time to call her still I'm gonna say stalled me now she's trying to call me bitch your doggy hold ass other dog maybe I'm Tony Schiavone don't act like you don't know the name ain't nothing changed but my change I'm Staying all the same. I'm Tony Schumani. Don't act like you don't know the name. Ain't nothing changed but my change. I'm a the same. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm on TV, hoes on me. Back then, the hoes didn't want me. Now I'm on the TNT, hoes on me. And I don't, don't want me. I'm with the A and W hoes and uh, want me. With a, <laughs> oh, God. I can't keep up with this shit, man. Come on. We're almost there. Back then, oh, hoes want me. Now I'm on TOs on me. Back then, one want me. Now I'm on TNT, hoes on me. Okay, that's all the lyrics I got. <laughs> no, before my, cap- my paper came. Come on. Come on. They know I'm paid living in the shade of two slabs on the Escalade with four slabs on the estate. They know I got it made. I'm a motherfucking baller. She wouldn't want a slapstick now, but I ain't got no time to call her. I'm Back in the hoes, they want me. Now I'm on with AW. Back in the hoes, want me. Now I'm on T, motherfucker. Now the hoes want me. Now I'm on a TV star who's on me. Please want me. Now I'm with JR. Now the hoes want me. Now I'm with Tony Khan. Now the hoes want me. I'm a product of Conrad Thompson. Now the hoes want me. I'm going, bum. Bye, Jones! I love you, Tony Schiavone. 
<laughs> How about the remixes I'll put in there for you? What's that? How about the remixes I put in there for you? Oh, God. Before I got back on TNT, these hoes didn't show no love. They see I me in the keep, ball club. I, used to treat me like a scrub because my dollar, they wouldn't holler because my dollars wasn't swollen enough. I bet they changed their mind when they see me on A-Dub. That's so good. <laughs> uh, and then uh, back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm on TNT, hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm with AEW, hoes all on me. I couldn't I said, keep up with Mike Jones, man. Back right. then, hoes didn't want me. Now I'm with the cons, hoes all on me. Dude. <laughs> That's the most Tony Schiavone song ever. Yes, it is. I mean, back then, WWE didn't want you. Found that yeah. AEW was interested. Now them hoes all on you. Yeah. You know, we got some hip-hop uh, people that follow us on Twitter. Oh, and, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and... I, I got to say this. I don't always, I, it, the lyrics are shocking. They are. They're shocking for a guy in his sixties. I get that. I understand it. I know how old I am, but the flip side of that is these guys are the coolest motherfuckers in the world. They are. They're all straight up good guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a lot of time for them. Don't always agree with it. You know, and I've, I've tried to even let Lois Lee hear some of these things, and she's like, "You're sick." <laughs> exactly. You, That's you, exactly. Here's what I want you to hit her with next time. What? You, you liking you liking that Direct TV bill being paid? <laughs> you like heat? Yeah. You like air Not conditioning? A, How's that Wi-Fi working? Yeah. God, I gotta write this shit down. Here's a good promo shit. Promos to cut on your wife. Well, I mean, the deal like, is whenever I get the whole, oh, I wish you didn't work so much. I just hit him with, I wish you didn't swipe so much. Mm -hmm. exactly. A little less swiping, a little less working. Mm -hmm. Oh, big elbow on the lower back of Paul Roma. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Paul Roma thought about working with guys like the nasty boys. I, so I wonder what anybody thought about working the nasty boys because the nasty boys uh, you know, the gimmick was nasty slobs do anything, but they were very, very tough to work with because, uh, they were pretty stiff. So I'm sure it wasn't easy. Speaking of stiff, didn't Missy look good back then? My goodness. Her, her, uh, she did. You can you can say yes if you like. I mean, here we go. Who's Hot tag. It? I'm not anti-Missy. Hot tag. I mean, every time I say this is a beautiful woman, you go, my God, you're a creepy old fuck. Instead of saying, yeah, she is beautiful. Oh, no, that's not true. When you say it about and Stacey Keebler, we both text people and tell them how much we hate them. Here we go again. Uh, not only that, when I when I talk to Francine. Yeah. Wow. God, is, is she still gorgeous? Holy smokes. She's married, bro. Calm down. I, I know she's married. Well, her husband listens. He's gonna, I mean, I've given your address on this show many times. He's going to oh show up God. and beat the shit out of you eventually. Her, hus her husband listens? Every week. And you're over here jacking off to her, and I'm giving out your address. It's like, dude, he's going to beat the shit out of you. Well, then don't. Then, then here's, a, here's a little, uh, little news flash for him. 
don't let your wife go to autograph signings looking like that. Say, just oh. stay home. Oh, hang just on now. Hang on now. Are you telling him how to, how do I take care how to handle his wife? Well, I'm, I'm saying if you don't want people to, to say how beautiful she is, then don't let her out of the house. It's like this, all oh, right? Hang- it, it comes, it's, it's like this. You go into a mall or you go to a shopping center or you go to a ball game and these beautiful women walk by you dressed immaculately and look sharp and you glance at them. Oh, don't look at me, you old creep. Well, then don't, 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 you don't, don't get beautiful. Stay home. Don't, don't get all dolled up. Don't get all dolled, dolled up and go out. If you don't want people to look at you or comment on how beautiful you are. Don't stay home. Stay home. Eat, eat ice cream in front of the TV. Eat potato chips. Get big and round. And let your face go. Don't, don't put makeup on. Don't wash your hair. Don't, don't buy these beautiful sundresses or things like that. Don't wear yoga pants. Is this right? the advice you've given in your household? No, that's what I'm just saying overall to, uh, to uh, anybody that doesn't want me to say that they're beautiful. So if, if then get out of eyesight, if, if, okay. so it's their fault for being attractive. It's not your nope. fault for being a creeper. It it's their fault. No, it's yes. Yes. I Are you, def- you're defending this type of stuff. Francine is a gorgeous woman, gorgeous woman. And she looks wonderful. Years later, after the ECW era is you, over, you told the story about going downstairs to see her at Starcast a little earlier uh-huh. and said, God, I wish I could have got my cock hard right then for her. Did I say that? You said, I, I wish I had the blue chew. Well, it doesn't mean I would have used it. I just wish I would have had it. It'd have been a, <laughs> it would have been a nice, it'd been a nice photo op. Right? Hypothetically, if Francine's husband had a podcast and he's uh-huh. like, oh man, I beat it to Lois Shivani so hard last night. You wouldn't think that was a little weird. I would say, here's her number. Call her. <laughs> get, get that bitch out of my house. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, now that you got this new AEW deal, the hose all on you. Hose all on me. Dude, I know. you know what? With, with some of these, uh, some of these ladies at these conventions, I didn't think about that. Now they think you got stroke in AEW. Uh you might be, uh, you might have a full dance card when you're, when you're on the road here, uh, pick up a little road beef. No, stop. stop. I'll take a classic double hold the horsey. <laughs> and then you're hit one of them with honey. Could you get me a zero bar? Would you run downstairs? Get me a zero bar. I'll have a double classic. Hold the horsey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did Cassio just show up? No, he's <laughs> you in. Sounded, a, you sounded like him right there. I was trying to channel my inner Cassio. He was, uh, doing comedy all weekend this weekend at the, uh, Birmingham comedy club, the comedy oh. club stardom. Wow. How I wish I didn't. Well, you know, now that I don't do baseball, I could probably hang out with you guys some a little bit more. Oh, I didn't go. I wasn't invited. Oh, I did have a great time this past week though. I meant to tell you this Corey Ryan Forrester and, uh, Cassio came over on Tuesday. Corey Ryan Forrester is one of the funniest guys I know. Go ahead. Uh, and, uh, we got down in the home theater, fired up fall brawl, 1996, uh, ordered some, uh, Logan's roadhouse and, uh, had it delivered and, uh, drank a little bit of vodka, watched old wrestling. It was a good time. How come I didn't get invited? It was a Tuesday. Oh, 
Hey, you know, uh, I'm going to, when, when, uh, when I talk to Dave Silva, uh, can you believe he's moving? I want, I want to, I want to come that way. I want to come give him a housewarming gift. Uh, when he, when he moves, I want yeah, to, we need to throw him a little party. Yeah, we do. We really do. So the behind the scenes, I guess we should share with everybody. Dave Silva is moving to Huntsville, Alabama. Right. And, uh, I think it's happening at the end of this month, very beginning of October. So in just a couple of weeks, uh, he'll be an Alabama citizen. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think it's tremendous now, you know, that he's going to be living this close and be able to, uh, be a big part of everything we do. Right. Much closer. It'll be great. I got to tell you, this is not a bad match. We're talking over here. Star in a no, quarter. You're right. Meltzer would say, um, Missy Hyatt dressed like Kelly Bundy of married with children came out as the new manager of the nasty boys, which Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura tried to act like it was a surprise to all the fans, even though there were visible posters everywhere regarding Missy being with the nasty boys. Uh, one poster read, Hey, Missy, did you buy them? Which ruined Ventura for several minutes since he started laughing and they kept trying to do one liners that would top the poster. After all the boob jokes, this match was long and boring. The dead crowd hurt things as the horsemen weren't as over as a team at all. So trying to get heat on them was a futile effort and made it impossible to successfully do a match this length. Arn was worked on for eight straight minutes before Roma made the hot tag and they went to the finish. Nasty boys got a great near fall with a bulldog off the top. Since they did an interview predicting they'd win with that move, which was pretty much the highlight of the match. Anderson gave knobs a spine buster and Roma went for the pin sacks come off the top with an elbow onto Roma as the ref was distracted and then reverse positions for the win. It's really pathetic. Everyone in this promotion spends so much time insisting that Roma is working in this position and everything they do when it comes to the finishes gives the idea that he has no business being there star in a quarter. So lots of criticism on the creative decision to beat Roma like if you're going to say he's the guy making the guy, don't have him be the guy taking the pin every time. Right. Fair criticism. Let's say you. Oh, that is a fair criticism. We are making him the guy, but then again, we're not making him the guy. We're making him the guy by all what we say and do. And then we have him do the job. Back then, would you agree with me that back then doing the job wasn't as big a deal as it is in today's wrestling back then doing a job was a bigger deal than it is now. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Much bigger deal than it is now. Now it doesn't matter. Like, no, apparently it doesn't because there's just so much TV that everybody's got to do a job. Now I tell you, I think that's going to change a little bit with AEW because, uh, supposedly you guys are keeping track of records and I haven't seen the matches on TV, every event that they've had so far I've been there at. So I haven't seen the television presentation, but I think they're starting to like even show like the, uh, the records on screen, which is kind of right. cool. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, of what we are doing that at least from my vantage point is not un- insulting the fans. And I hope that continues. Yeah. It's, it's really hard for me to, here comes a hot tag. a pretty good spot though in this match i mean i i know Meltzer shit on it but if Meltzer shits on a match that doesn't mean that's the voice of god saying i'm right i 
You still with me here? Yeah, I am. Hey, okay. in this era, should mention at the same time that this pay-per-view is happening, Shawn Michaels quits the WWF. I think he, um, I think he quit on like the, I forget the date, but it was within a few days of this, uh, pay-per-view he quit. And a lot of people are wondering, Hey, what does that mean for him? Uh, at this time, he is the intercontinental champion and most would say he's the best wrestler in the WWF. And some would say he's the best wrestler in the United States. Of course, lots of people are going to argue that, uh, belongs to that accolade, but still belongs to Ric Flair, but it's Ric Flair and, and Shawn Michaels as being considered the very best wrestlers in the world at this point, Bret Hart, obviously is in the conversation somewhere, but he's 28 top of his game. Did you hear when he quit, you know, like, Hey, uh, somebody needs to talk to him or, Hey, has anybody reached out? I mean, is Terry Taylor pitching? Hey, what if do you remember any of that? Yeah, I do. There was a lot of talk in the back. Why don't we get Shawn Michaels? Why don't we go after him? And that's all I heard was talk. I wasn't in any involved in any of the uh, conversation about actually getting in touch with him. Was there anything written about us trying to get him or just not, not in this issue. I mean, obviously okay. it never, never really happened. I think it was right. always just a power struggle with Vince and Sean and yeah, they've, they've I, always fixed it in the end. Right. I don't, I don't think there was any actual effort in to try to get him with the exception of just talking about it. We should mention that, um, <coughs> excuse me, ECW is really starting to get a lot of acclaim here in this era too. Meltzer would say the most talked about independent show in the country in several months was Todd Gordon's Eastern championship wrestling show on September 18th at the ECW arena in Philadelphia. The figures reported to us were a standing room only attendance of 1131 fans capacity in the building is only 960 and a $16,147 gate. We received several, so, uh, either way, it was the largest show in the company's short history and one of the wildest shows in recent, recent memory in the U S we received several reports with some calling it the best house show they'd ever seen and others saying it was the best show they'd seen in months or even years. And some saying that the show had. The same excesses, including 12 guys juicing that led to the demise of Joel Goodhart's promotion. Still, the basic agreement was the main event while scheduled to be a barbed wire baseball bat match between the headhunters versus crash, the Terminator and Megalito Perez stole the show. Um, it, the sanction or the stipulation never took place. It was announced there would be a no barbed wire baseball bat stipulation due to the commission stopping the match. So they just did a regular baseball bat throughout the match, just without any barbed wire on it, but it was still allegedly a four and a quarter star match, which is saying something. If you think about crash, the terminator is actually going to go on to be Hugh Morris and Miguel Perez from Los Bariquas fame and the Headhunters. that's the main event and it gets four stars. So pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. What a time, huh? And then, you know, it's really their sort of their breakout show. First time they're getting a lot of buzz, a lot of hype, you know, public enemies on there, Ian rotten, um, the dark Patriot, Terry Funk, Stan Hansen, Kevin Sullivan, Abdul, the butcher, Shane Douglas, Sandman, you know, they're, they're doing some things. So when was ECW born? 93 is when they would switch from, um, 
uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling to right. Extreme Championship Wrestling. And when did Paul Lee get involved in it? That's it. That's it right then? Yeah. I guess when it was, it made- um, I think the promotion was actually founded in like 1992, but then they would switch over. Oh no, they switched over in 94. That's right. Okay. So it was Eastern before. I remember you probably remember reading about it when Shane Douglas threw down the NWA world title. Yeah. I remember that. That's when they sort of switched it to extreme. Probably need to watch some of that earlier stuff. Don't we? No, we don't. Okay. I mean, there's some, but uh, some of the stuff doesn't age all that great. Okay. Well, we're doing uh, all about uh, Cactus Jack, a little uh, video package here about Cactus Jack and Van Vader. But Cactus Jack is not going to face Vader here. I guess we're just talking about all the injuries he took. Yeah, and he's going to come back and face uh, Yoshi Kwan here. Play a little audio for the fans here. WCW then dispatched reporter Catherine White for updates. The famous Lost in Cleveland. Than anticipated. Oh, yeah. Cactus was not at the hospital, nor was he at home. Then, based on a clue, Catherine White headed to the streets of Cleveland, where, after encountering many problems, she finally located Cactus Jack. He was living with the homeless in Cleveland and apparently suffering from amnesia. Jack, Cactus Jack. Why do you call me by that name? Oh, I see, Swampy. He told you my name was Jack. But I'm just a simple sailor with no name. I'm afraid Swampy's a bit adrift. Too much shore leave. She attempted many times to jog his memory, even brought his family to Cleveland. But all attempts were futile. I'm sorry, but I don't know you. Uh, I wish I did. Jack, this is your son. This, this is your child to be. Jack, I'm your wife. Catherine White, after that last emotional encounter, gave up. And WCW fans figured they would never see Cactus Jack again. However, something began to happen. Race admitted to taking the bag and viewed it as a symbol of the end of Cactus Jack. At the same time, Race started receiving many packages. Was it a prank or was it really Cactus Jack? No one was sure. But on August 18th, Four months after he was carried away to a hospital, Cactus Jack made a shocking return to the ring during the Vader Davy Boy World Title match. Vader and Race immediately put a price on his head and employed Yoshi Kwan to collect the bounty. Jack, on the other hand, had two things on his mind the bag and to get back in the ring with Vader one more time. He told the world his story, from the hospital, to the streets of Cleveland, to the ring again. I was walking down a street last week, street very much like this. A man stopped me and said, Cactus Jack, you didn't really lose your memory, did you? And I said, no. He said, Cactus Jack, that wasn't really your wife on TV either, was it? And I said, no. Cactus Jack, then that wasn't really your child on TV then, was it? And I said, no. He said, Cactus Jack, did anyone really believe you lost your mind? And I said, yes! You see, I know for a fact that there were two people who believed it every inch. And that's Harley Race and Vader. 
And they didn't believe it because they were stupid because you don't win the world championship by being an idiot. No, they believed it because they wanted to. You see, Vader, I know what goes inside that sick head of yours. You're like a big game hunter, yeah. And look on your wall. You got the ribs of Sting, the shoulder of Ron Simmons, the back of Joe Thurman, and the neck of Nikita Koloff. But something was missing, wasn't it? Yeah, somewhere over that fireplace in that home of yours, there was that space for that Saskatchewan moose. You said, bring me the head of Cactus Jack! But you can't have it, Vader, you can't have it. Yes, you put me on the shelf for a while, but all that did was earn me valuable time. Time for thoughts of you to brew like a bag of tea and a sea of hatred. And this is no sipping tea, Vader, it's brutality. And for you, it's a heavy deuce of reality. Because when Cactus Jack comes back, keep this in mind, he's coming with bad intentions. And if they can arrest the man for the thoughts that go through his mind, then bring out the rope and hang me here. Because Vader, I got some sick thoughts, and every one of them, sir, centers around you. You tried to change my world, now we reverse roles. It's my time. And you're going to find out that a day in the life of Cactus Jack is worse than any specter, ghoul, or ghost you could have imagined. I'm coming for you. Big Bang! Big Bang! Ladies and gentlemen, the following... What a fucking package, man. I know people have been critical of that angle, but that little recap video, that made it cool. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I Why were they... I, a couple of interesting things in that video. Uh little boy that was brought to cactus to try to jog his memory. Yeah. Tim Shivani. <laughs> How about that? That explains a lot. Yeah. And by the way, oddly enough, Tim Shivani little plug here is opening up best in brew pub coming up this week on the West end of Atlanta. What's it called? Best end B E S T E N D best end. Like, like it's on the West end, but it's the best end. Yep. Right along the Beltland, Atlanta. He's opening up his brew pub. He's been working on this. God, he's been working on this for a decade. So, And it's funny that now he was in that Vader thing uh, and that uh, Cactus Jack package. There he was, the kid. Now he's 31, opening up a brew pub. And it was funny that you would see Cactus Jack do the promo in front of the Smashing Pumpkins posters. So did you should... notice that? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. I saw that. It was just fitting because yeah. we were just talking about them, uh, yeah. the NWA, a little while ago. Right. Right. Uh, 1036 white street in Atlanta, best end brewing company. Go see, mm-hmm. uh, all the Shivani's down there. Yeah. Dude. I, I just saw the, uh, the building with the graffiti at the bottom and then mm-hmm. the top best end brewing entrance, eat locally, drink globally. Mm-hmm. Dude, the photos they've uploaded of the food look legit, man. Oh yeah. They put that. They've got a lot of a good investors and. He's the master brewer and he's in charge of all the beers. So, and he's a great, I mean, he, he is tremendous at brewing beer. Dude. I mean, and I sh- the food I sh- looks sh- next level. Yeah. And I should know he's a good beer brewer because he spent many years at this house below the deck brewing beer. Oh my gosh. I, I just saw a picture of him, uh, holding up some barley on one of these yeah. images, man, this thing looks badass. I'm excited oh, to yeah. check this out. Yeah, we'd well, have to have you come over and uh, be a part of it. Hypothetically, will it be open uh, later this week when I'm over? Yes, it will be. Well, we need to check that out. Go support it. We need to go that night. That'll be opening night, I think. Hey, let me ask. Uh, I'm going to be that guy right now. All right. You reckon he's got any Miller Light in there? 
I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, does anybody remember know who Yoshi Kwan really is? Um, that would be Chris Champion of the great tag team that I can't even remember their name right now, but they were a sensational tag team and they, the, uh, the new breed, the new of. breed. Thank you very much. And then they were in, they were in a horrible, uh, traffic wreck, traffic crash in South Carolina during the Crockett era and never rebounded from that. But they were, when the new breed first arrived on the scene, they were spectacular. They were, uh, they were inventive. They did things no other team would do. I think they were way ahead of their time. Why don't you think he made it as Yoshi Kwan? I don't, I don't. Was there uh, allegedly there was a knee injury. He was supposed to wrestle Yoshi Kwan or uh, Ricky Steamboat at Halloween right. Havoc, but he hurt his knee. Yep. Blew his knee out. It's quite the presentation though. I mean, he has yeah. a cool look. Chris do man, I, I like those kids a lot. I liked them a lot. Just, uh, go back and watch some of the old and their debut on WCW Saturday night, or it was, it was called world championship wrestling back then. Watch their debut and watch how they just could do things. And, and then the wreck that they had, I, I think if I'm right, I, I don't, I don't know the particulars, but the word was that their wreck was so bad that they both went launching through the windshield of their car and were fortunate not to be killed in a horrible wreck in South Carolina. I don't know that me and you talked about this, but he died last year. Did Chris did? Yeah. 57 years old, August 22nd. He was a stroke victim. I guess he had had a few different strokes, um, on his sort of dying days, last days, but he was, uh, in rough shape there life support for the better part of a week before we lost him. Not an old man though. I mean, born in 61. That is terrible. That that's terrible news. Cause I really liked him a lot. I, I really did. I thought, uh, he had a, he had potential to, what's well, Sean, he did. What's Sean potential. Royal doing now? What's that? Sean what's Royal. It? Yeah. His other, his tag team partner. Yeah. What's I don't doing? know. If you know what Sean Royal's doing, tweet us at the show at WHW Monday. We'd like to catch up and see what he's up to these days. The new breed gimmick, they use the, uh, they use all the talk from, uh, all the verbiage from back to the future. And, right. uh, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. By the way, Cactus Jack, one of my low key, absolute favorites. I, I've started to really come around on some things. I think. So many wrestling fans, myself included, we've just all, we've parroted the same thing for so long and we haven't really, or I don't think I had really taken into consideration everything before making some decisions about, and there's your finish double arm DDT. Yoshi Kwan's out of here. Cactus gets the win. It's not a long match either. I think we're three and a half minutes. He's going to bring Vader in. I mean, uh, Harley race in over the top rope. Well, they're setting up, uh, spin the wheel, make the deal for Halloween habit. That's exactly right. It's going to be right. your main event. Anyway, I think, I think legitimately, I'm not saying this to be funny. I think Mick Foley is in my top 10 all time. Really? Just because I, I enjoyed so much of his stuff as Cactus Jack. I enjoyed the FMW stuff. I enjoyed the ECW stuff. Most of all, I enjoyed the WCW stuff and then the mankind character he pulled off so fucking well. 
And then he did the silliness with dude love. And then just the whole Mick Foley run. When you just think about how versatile he's been, he's doing the comedy stuff. He's writing books and he had, I just think he's top 10. Like as far as overall performers in wrestling, you know, he's, he's a lot like Bobby Heenan and that Bobby Heenan wore a lot of hats in wrestling and he excelled at all of them. Right. Well, there's a lot of different categories you can uh, group wrestlers in. If you talk about top 10, most versatile, most talented guys. Yeah. Cactus Jack's in those because of all that you were just, you were talking about just now. So many things that he could do. Like, and, like and Vader, I, for instance, we love Vader, but Vader was sort of one dimensional. Right. You couldn't write a book. You're going to get one. I just mean like, he's going to come in and like, like cactus Jack could, he could be the crazy maniac. He could be the crazy deranged murderer maniac, but he could also be a very sympathetic baby face. And all right, here we go. We got a little promo action here from Rick rude on the set of flair for the gold. Look look at this. Lays a big kiss on flair's wife. Oh, Wendy Fifi, the French maid. Oh my God. Look at her. She looks mean. She is. Whoa, man, slapped him. She is mean. Slapped him in the face. Rick saying, look, she's running my life. Whoa. I don't think he said that, but he could have said it the way he was looked and turned to us. Here's what Flair's saying. Your answer. Sorry. Hey, next week. You okay, baby? You got to understand things like that happen. Next week, we go again. I'll flare for you. Okay, honey, huh? You all right? Next week, we go again. God. Look at this. The nature boy, Ric Flair, getting submarine by ravishing Rick Root, spins him around. Wham! Root awakening. And that's how you get a title shot, Tony. You're a gold digger, and Flair has a belt. So there you go. Root tries to plant the Root awakening kiss on Fifi. She wants nothing to do with it. Slaps the face of Rick Root. Flair says, well, there's your answer, pal. And as he's trying to console her, bam. He gets nailed from behind with the big gold belt. Rude cuts a promo. You're a gold digger. And here we go. Our world title match, not our NWA world title match, but our world title match. It's way too long, huh? Already. What? It, it, wait a minute. Was that old, what Oli said or what uh, Meltzer said here? Uh, way too long. 30 minutes, 47 seconds. He says, uh, Flair came out with Fifi, real name, Wendy Barlow. The funniest Fifi story came a few days before the match when they were doing satellite transmission to hype the card with Flair being interviewed by several TV sportscasters from around the country. The satellite was already on with Flair and Fifi and Fifi. who's never been put in this position before asked Rick, what happens if someone wants her to say something in French or wants her to speak in French? Anyway, Rick pretty much said he'd cover for her. It was never a factor. However, in the second interview, Rick did the entire interview talking about what Rick rude did to Wendy rude is nowhere near the wrestler. He was during the first half of 92. The disc injury from late last year is either much worse than anyone is letting on because Rick used to be a bump machine. and He doesn't bump hardly at all anymore. A rude simply doesn't care about having good matches anymore. Given that rude doesn't bump and he's a heel and nearly every match he's had on a big show of any length of the last year has been awful. Even with a legendary guy who can carry anyone who decided for this to go 31 minutes, the first half of this match was terrible. Flair had never been in a match this bad on pay-per-view, except for the one he had with sting where he played the black scorpion. This match picked up from there and ended up with all of its drawbacks still being easily the best match on the show, which is only faint praise. 
The last nine minutes were very good, but not great. But the damage had already been done. Rude went for a pin after the fist drop, but Flair kicked out. Rude then went after Fifi. Fifi slapped him. Rude then started kissing Fifi and she struggled. Flair came back, goes wild, puts Rude in the figure four. And with the ref attending to Fifi, Rude pulls out a gimmick, hits Flair with it, and gets the pin. Two and three quarter stars. And there you go. Flair in the ring now with his most beautiful robe ever. Would you disagree? Uh, no, I would not. I mean, under the lights, it's just nonstop sequins. And it feels like, uh, you've got the real, a real robe in one corner. And then like, uh, I don't know, like the, the great value robe in the other corner with Rick rude here. I wonder if this is the match where rude, there was a match where rude, uh, accidentally blew a big ball of snot on his mustache. You know, as he's breathing heavy, then he turns and he kisses Wendy with that ball of snot on his mustache. I think that was Halloween havoc. I could be wrong. Okay. All right. I remember thinking, oh, that's the one where he had her painted on the face or her face on the pants. Okay. I might be, I might be wrong on that. Okay. We'll see. Uh, you know, when, when you, when you talk about a match is good or bad or too long, or you criticize a match and I get it. Everybody has their favorites. Everybody has their idea of what they like in a match and what they don't like in a match. First of all, a match, I don't believe, can be a five-star from beginning to end. There's peaks and valleys in matches. But if you come out of the match thinking, hey, that was pretty good, then what the fuck? Maybe he doesn't bump like he used to bump, but still, if you come out of the match saying, hey, I, I enjoyed that match. Let's, let's see what Rue says here. Thing to say to you, boy. Tonight, when I leave this arena, not only am I going to have your reputation, not only am I going to have your world title belt, but Ric Flair, I'm going to have your woman. Oh, my. And he reveals the tights and the Scott, uh, Fifi, the French maid over the front of his crotchal area. As Bruce would say. And by the way, she's not dressed like a French maid here. No, she's, she's stepping out. A French maid would only dress as a French maid. If she's at a flair for the gold and working for him. But now she's stepping out. The big gold belt on the line here. I'm sure later that night she'd been stepping in. No, at this point, I think, uh, she was married and Rick was married. So there's no way that Rick would. Yeah. Well, sorry. No, no way Rick would, would tap that if he knew she was married and he was married. What was I thinking? Sorry. JR had a great call at a live show years ago. He said, um, Rick's Rick's wife was married, but he was single. I don't know why that tickled me, but it did. <laughs> it tickles me right now. <laughs> God, Rude looked great, didn't he? Jesus. He looked exactly the way you wanted the wrestler to look. How do you want him to look? Like this? Like Rick Rude. There's Wendy. Fifi is her name. Oh, I'm sorry. Fee, there's went. Hey, Fifi. She'll answer to that in public. If you call her that now, 
Really? Yeah. That's good to know. So Rude was in the middle of, or uh, Rude it had some uh, degenerative back issues here, right? This time. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing with Sting is going to be the end. Right. By the way, uh, in the news and notes of the Observer, Meltzer would report that a Missy Hyatt calendar would be released for the Christmas season. Did you pick that one up? Did not. Huh. Never saw it. There was. All right. Let me, let me tell you about, let me tell you about my life in the nineties here. Okay. Can't wait. Okay. Huh. I, uh, I was very much into my kids back then. We'd go to Disney every year. Uh, I was a baseball coach and I very much attempted to, because I, even I traveled a lot, I attempted to be a good father and be very attentive to the kids. So when the matches were over or I didn't have any work to do, I went home and paid attention to my family. I, I didn't, I didn't read dirt sheets. I didn't. I didn't know of anything that was going on WCW because that was not the focus of what I was doing. Uh, and now as I stand in 2019, there's a lot of, um, of what I did back then or how I conducted my business back then that I regret, but there's a lot that I don't regret because I knew I was a good father. Uh, I, there were a lot of people, uh, a lot of guys in the business who traveled probably a lot more than I did who probably would say they weren't a good father and they weren't there for the children. You can never say that about me. And so that I don't regret. But the fact that I was not in tune with the business, in other words, I didn't know what was going on in the WWE. I didn't know what was going on in the ECW or the formation of ECW, or I didn't know about Missy's calendar. Or I didn't know what uh, merchandise we had. Uh, it's probably the wrong thing I should have done, which I will not make the mistake again. Because it's just me and Lois. And not worrying about going to a baseball practice or going to see a kid. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is there something you need to tell us? No. Well, you just said, you know, now it's just me and Lois. I'm going to devote my life. You got got some big plans. Are you going to get on that first show on TNT and throw the microphone down? You could. Hey, you can. You can talk all you want to about that faux pas, but I'm going to edit it out, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the last line in this issue of The Observer, Ole Anderson really isn't much a part of the key decision-making process. Eric Bischoff has the ultimate power, although Dusty Rhodes is thought by the wrestlers as still being the most influential. Since most believe at this point, Dustin is going to wind up being the person to unify both world titles. Wow. Wow. You know, I, uh, wrong about that. You talking about the way you handled your business back then and the way you handle it now. And, you know, there's so many guys who were obsessed back then and never stopped being obsessed. Whereas you were, and now you're trying to get back in, but. You're in a prime time spot. One of the most lucrative jobs in professional wrestling belongs to Tony Schiavone now. And when I think about that, I think about all the people who might not be happy about that. 
some of the people who were your friends and some of the people who were your haters, uh, it's one of those deals where, you know, you want your friends to do well, just maybe not better than you. And that makes me think of, uh, our next Tony Reed's rap song today, many men. This is going to be a slightly remixed version for Noah, Anthony Shivani, but I've got the, uh, the instrumental keyed up. If, if you've got, uh, if you've got the lyrics on your side, I think I emailed those over. Yeah, you did. Uh, and, uh, first of all, I'd like to say people who hate me are people who don't know me. Uh, and I, I hate to, I hate anybody use the word hate. I, I like people to say, I just didn't like his commentary or I didn't like him as an announcer. I hate to say I hated him. I mean, pro wrestling illustrated and Stu Sachs and all those guys used to use the word Shivani haters. And I'm thinking that's, that's a terrible thing to say. You don't know me. Oh, and by the way, Stu, fuck you. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is called many men. Yeah, many men. I'll go ahead and uh, drop a okay, funky beat for you if you got your okay. lyrics. Uh, I, I got it queued up. If uh, Can I give you a countdown for it? Sure. So I can be right on time. Uh, let's do many men in three, two, one. Man, we're getting something to eat, man. I'm a hungry as a motherfucker. Hey, yo, man. Damn, what you talking, homie, so long, son? Conrad, calm down. Here we come. What, what the fuck? Son, pull up. Pull up. Many and ten, 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 my marks wish death upon me. Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see. I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be. It marks trying to take my life away, but I put a phone of smart marks for thee. My back on the wall now, you're going to see. Better watch how you talk when you talk about me, because I'll come and take your life away, away. Many marks. Many, 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 many marks wish death upon me, or I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Now these three remarks are putting money on my head. Go on and get your refund, motherfucker. I ain't dead. I'm in the diamond in the dirt, and I ain't been found. I'm in the underground king, and I ain't been crowned. When I rhyme, something special happen every time. Uh, there's something like Ali in his prime. I walk the block with the bundles, and I've been knocked in the humble. Swinging the ox when I rumble. Show you ass when the gun do. Got a temper mark. Go ahead. Lose your head. Turn you back on me get clapped and lose your legs i walk around with a gun on waist and chip my shoulder i bust a clip in your face pussy this beef ain't over many marks many 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 marks wish death upon me lord i don't cry no more don't look to the sky no more have mercy on me mercy on my soul soul somewhere my heart turns cold have mercy on many marks Many, 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 many marks wish death upon me. Sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain. Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. Death got to go be easy because life is hard. I'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. There's for the slap dicks on the block, twisting trees and cigars for the slap dicks on lock, doing life behind bars. I don't see only God can judge me because I can't think clear. Sings and crackers give me a black ass a hundred years like I'm Paulie and Goodfellas. You can call me the Don, like Malcolm in many means with my gun in my palm. Slim switch sides on 
on me, let marks ride on me. Thought I was cool, but why you want to die, homie? Many, many marks. Many, 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 many marks. Wish death upon me, Lord. I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky, to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Mercy on my soul. Somewhere in my heart turned cold. Have mercy, mercy, many, many marks. Many, 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 many marks. Wish death upon me. Night, I talk to God, but he don't say nothing back. I know he's protecting me, but I still have to say with my cat. I mean, my nightmares, I keep pulling the text them on me. Psych says some bitch dumpling put a hex on me. The feds didn't know much when Brody got stabbed. I got a kite from the penis that he told me. I say penis. Blackjack got knocked. I ain't going to spell it out for you motherfuckers all the time. Are you illiterate, Mark? You can't read between the lines till the Bible says what goes around comes around. Almost shot me three weeks later. He got shot down. Now it's clear that I'm here for a real reason. Because I got hit like I got hit. But he ain't fucking breathing. Many marks. Many, 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 many marks. Wish death upon me, Lord, I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Somewhere my heart turned cold. Have mercy on many, many, many marks. Many, 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 many marks. Wish death upon me. Wish death upon me. I think you're getting your stride on Tony Reed's rap. <laughs> you know what? That's a good fucking song. Between um, back then, many men, Tupac hit him up. I think we're uh, playing the hits, baby. Man, that's that. That I got to give Fifty Cent, man. And who, I don't. Did he write that too? Yeah. Okay. He writes his own shit. Okay. Good. That's good stuff, buddy. I mean that's got a that's got a very dark tone to it, right? I mean shooting and killing and all that, but it's that's a good song. So uh, next week, Afro Man, because I got high. You excited about that one? I, I guess. Is it mumble rap? Well, you were mumble rapping the shit out of back then. Well, earlier. it's because I'm a white guy. And you censored your own self on the word pussy earlier too, which I was a little shocked by. Okay. You scared of pussy? Well, no, I just, you, you, you try to keep up with the, with the, with the beat and then you, you kind of, kind of get behind. You just run shit together. I think, Tony, I don't think I was, nobody expects you to keep up with the beat, buddy. That's why we're doing it. Okay. Well, there you go. There's not an expectation. This is actually going to be any good. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you talking about the rap? Yeah. Like, oh, we don't, we don't expect up. that you're going to be any good at this. <laughs> we, we, we sort of revel in the fact that you're not going to be. I just, uh, uh, let's hear for 50 cent, 50 cent. Good shit, man. I like you. You corrected your enunciation there. Yeah. By the way, this is a long ass match. This is long ass match. And uh, as we know, this is a, this is a shitty show. We should mention that the, uh, the main event is the one with the shock master. Good God. Yes. That shock master. Pretty excited about this too, just because he's in it. Uh, it's going to go uh, 16 minutes. 16 minutes is not much for a war games, right? Meltzer would say, um, 
There were a few decent spots, but it was mainly standing around and easily the worst war games ever. Horrible camera work didn't help. The finish epitomized the entire show. Shockmaster grabbed Cole in a bear hug. Cole was right there looking at it and waiting for someone to stop him from making the save. Sorry, Kane was. It appeared that was Smith's job, but he wasn't there. So Kane just looked like a guy who knew he was in a bad position and had no idea what to do and looked and looked and looked and looked until Smith finally grabbed him. Star and a half. Of course, of course, Cole and Kane are uh, what would go on to be Booker T and Stevie Ray. Right. So, yeah. A world heavyweight title is what we're calling this match right now. Famously, the whole NWA shenanigans were a real issue. You guys weren't drawing uh, a ton at the house shows in this era too, but, uh, house shows look like this Brad Armstrong versus Tommy angel, Rick steamboat versus Lord Steven Regal Eaton and knobs over Anderson and Roma Davy boy and Sid vicious Dustin and sting versus Rick Rude and the equalizer. And then flair and Orndorff for the title. Yeah, I, uh, the NWA did run some shows. We should mention they tried to uh, run a show in Charlotte, believe it or not, at the end of August, just two weeks after WCW ran it. They had buddy Shane on the card, Brad Anderson, Susan green, Judy Martin, Jay Eagle, Wahoo McDaniel and Manny Fernandez. So Wahoo and Manny on top in Charlotte, you would think, okay, I could see it. It drew 135 fans. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, what a sad state of affairs when Wahoo McDaniel, a fucking legend in wrestling booked, you know, in the twilight of his career in a main event on top 135 fans in Charlotte. No, well, no issue, no angle, nothing on TV to make you want to see it. I, 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 that's the, that's the whole rub there. See, I always thought, and, and this kind of surprised me, I guess. You know, when I, when I came back to WCW in 1990, I was still very much of, I thought in my mind, an old school guy that I thought house shows were important. I thought TV shows were, as they were back then, TV shows were nothing but a commercial vehicle to get you to come to the show, to a house show, and that's where you drew your money. And we would go into these long meetings with Jim Hurd and Jim Barnett. And I've talked many, I've told you many stories about Ole being in there and everything. And they would have Jody Hamilton in there. And a lot of times Kevin Sullivan was in there too. And they would give them all the house shows. They say, you guys book the house shows and they would book the house shows and they would write up the house shows and they would pass them around and everybody would look at them. Everybody would say, great job, Jody. Great job. Because no one gave a shit about the house shows. No one gave a shit about it. And I always thought the guy who books TV should book the fucking house shows. Now, as a, as a house show booker like Jody, you knew what the TV angles were. I understand. But I always thought that should come from one place. And, it, and that showed me when I came back that no one gave a fuck about house shows. That was the last thing on their mind. And I never thought that was right. And therefore, when you say house show business was not good back then, no one gave a fuck about house show business back then. And no one gives a fuck about it now, do they? 
No. I mean, really. Uh, uh, WWE, they run house shows, but that's not the fo- what the focus of what they do. SmackDown and, and Raw. I do want to mention um, something that happened uh, a couple weeks prior to this show. Shane Douglas did an interview uh, with a newspaper in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's talking about his new career as a teacher. And he's being critical of Eric Watts and Dustin Rhodes being in the spot they're in because of their dads and critical of WCW bringing back Ric Flair. It's also claimed in this story that the TBS board of directors voted to shut down the company. If the ratings didn't improve by November, uh, which Spencer would say isn't true quote, although there apparently have been some people on the board who have wanted to drop the company at various times. Do you remember ever hearing that? Hey, if we don't get our shit up by November, we're going to get shut down. Yep. So whether God, it's we true heard, or not, we heard that was... a lot. And this is where, this is where, this is the time that 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 interview or that interview that rumor was floating around a lot. And this is the time that Ted Turner came to the Omni and met with everybody and assured us that we wouldn't be shut down. And it was the very famous meeting where Leon says. It's so exciting to meet you. Could I have your autograph? And everybody went, oh, what the fuck? Because he looked, he sounded like a little whipped puppy talking to Ted Turner. But I think because of those rumors were floating around, that's why Ted came and visited with us. Yeah. And I remember Ric Flair out of it says, well, it's going to make for a great Christmas now. And Ted said during that meeting, he said, there's been a lot of talk about us shutting WCW down. He said, we're not going to shut WCW down. He said, hell. CNN lost, lost money for 10 years and now it's doing well for us. So that was the boss saying at that time that we weren't going anywhere. And that also thinking about that, what I remember in my mind, once he was out of the powers, you know, once he was no longer in power with Turner broadcasting, I knew it was only a matter of time. We should mention CNN started June 1st, 1980. So he would have only been a handful of years into profitability. If that 10 year statement is true. If you know, I don't know if that was just a a line or what, but that's what he said. He said, we lost money for 10 years. The, um, I know this is a weird thing to say, but a lot of people, uh, say that the coverage of the, uh, the Gulf war is really what sort of put CNN on the map, which would have been what? Two years prior to this. Yeah. 91. Yeah. Yep. The other thing that would come out in the newsletter here from this, uh, interview with Shane Douglas quote, he also claimed he'd seen a lot of drugs in the locker rooms and talked about homosexuality among wrestlers without going into specifics. And said he'd never leave teaching again to wrestle, but would wrestle part-time for ECW. Huh? Why would he, why would he, why would he talk about the business like that? I mean, I like Shane, but Jesus Christ. You just don't get it. Which part don't you get? Just, uh, you just, you, you just. As it's going on now, we can go, we go back and we talk about shit that we've seen now 
as it relates to what happened 20, 25 years, 30 years ago. But as it's going on and you, why do you shit on the business like that? Oh yeah. I saw drugs. Yeah. I saw homosexuality. I saw all this shit. Bullshit. You did. Here's the thing though. Like what a weird sentence that is in 2019. I saw homosexuality. Yeah, <laughs> it is. What? Well, yeah. You mean you're awake? <laughs> you mean you're alive? I mean, you can see here. What does it matter? That's just a weird statement now. I mean, I know it's a different time. I saw somebody tweeted the other day. I wish Conrad would quit saying it's a different time. But fuck, what is it, it was like, I just watched, um, my wife had never seen Eastbound and down, you know, the, uh, I can't believe that's a real thing, but she had never seen the Kenny powers character. So I showed her some and there's like the whole, um, Don Johnson scene where he, you know, gets reunited with his dad and Don Johnson drops the F bomb right away. Like to start the episode. And it's like, Whoa, I mean, that was, that's just 10 years old. And it's like, Oh. I don't remember that, but it's, you know, so it's just, we've evolved as people, baby. Yes, we have. And to, to say that you're tired of hearing someone say it's a different time than you need to realize that time moves on, that things change. In other words, my response to you saying that Tom Conrad is sick and tired of Conrad saying it's a different time. My response to you would be get fucking with it. It is. Well, I know it's a different time. I think his point was, you know, people were offended when those things happened back then and we don't need to apologize for it. We need to be offended now for what was happening back then. And I get that. I understand it. I'm, you know, I'm not in a position to judge how someone else, you know, felt about all that. Cause you know, that's not my circumstance. Right. But I can say that it was, um, I don't know, more socially acceptable, but it was more prevalent and now it's less. And I'm, gl- I'm glad that it's less. I, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I want everybody to enjoy our show and everything we do. Right. Because I, I see this as when, when people ask me to de- describe our podcast, I say, it's just two friends loving wrestling, watching wrestling together, busting each other's balls, busting each other's balls. Ripping on things. I mean, we rip on Ric Flair all the time. Yeah. And he's because he, he fucking deserves it. One of your lifelong good friends and, and my father-in-law and we right. shit on him and we shit on my brother-in-law and we shit on right. Dave Silva and Bruce Pritchard and all of our friends. Right. It's what, it's what guys do. Right. Well, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah. It's what we do. I mean, listen, uh, part of growing up in the Shivani household was always busting each other's chops as we said, or busting each other's balls and eating donkey dicks. And yes, that too. Uh, and so then when I got to know you, I, I'm, I've, when I first met you, I was thinking, man, we've been in the minor leagues busting balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's the deal. I have grown up in sales, you know, so uh-huh. from the time I was 14 years old, I was involved in, in sales. And when you have a sales organization and it becomes uh, a bunch of rough and rowdy you know, twenties and thirties and early forties dudes who are all getting told no 19,000 times a day, just digging through for those eight yeses. 
and you got to keep positive. You, you develop a really, really thick skin to, to right. know or people hanging up the phone or, you know, just rudeness in general. So it's just no big deal. So you find ways to entertain yourself and the way to entertain yourself is you can't be mean to the customer. You're just mean to your coworkers <laughs> and it becomes fun. Right. Like, you know, there was a guy at the office, uh, who <laughs> we nicknamed baby nuts. Okay. May or may not be my cousin, but my cousin okay. baby nuts. Uh-huh. He Did that have anything to do with the size of his nuts? Well, here's the deal. Here's the reason it came about. Yeah. Um, he was describing his penis one day and he said, it's little, but it's mean, which I think was one of the greatest descriptions I've ever seen or heard. I mean, that's the most Shivani phrase I've ever heard. And you didn't even say it. It's little, but it's mean. I like that. Well, we have a good time on this show. We hope you do. People are not going to like everything we say, everything we do. I get it. When, uh, when our AEW show debuts, a lot of people are going to say, God, I didn't like that guy. A lot of people will say, Hey, I miss that guy. But you know, never say that you hate something. Because there's enough hate in the world. There is. I hate to be that way, but there is enough hate in the world. You tune in CNN, you tune in Fox News, and it's just, this person hates this person. Hate, 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 hate. Stop it. You can dislike something. Don't hate it. Okay? That's my my, uh, line for being a parent here today. Lighten up. Lighten up. I'll tell you why. I know you're going to lighten up. Life is short. Once you get to my age, you realize how short it is. That's the secret of life that no one finds, that no one realizes until they get to my age. That's a little, but it's pain. <laughs> so anyway, I decided to name him Baby Nuts because I thought Baby Dick would be too offensive. Baby Nuts. Hey, uh, Meltzer would write, some of the new B-team wrestlers are being brought in for $150 per show. Wow. And they have to do all their own driving including the ring crew having to drive from Atlanta to Indiana for the shots a few weeks ago for the main guys. The long drives are said to be 450 miles each way. So you drive, you drive 900 miles and you make 150 bucks and you're paying your own expenses. Old school style. Yep. Um, uh, that was wrong. Beginning of the month, Sid vicious walked out. Of the September 1st, Dothan, Alabama TV taping, but it looks like eventually you guys would work it out. Quote vicious. According to several on-site sources refused to take a drug test and said he'd take it in a few weeks. Apparently he was told that he'd put it off long enough and he didn't take it. Then he'd be fired. And before being fired, he just walked out. If it hadn't been rectified, it would have been a disaster since vicious was all over the pre-taped TV and scheduled for the main event for the next two pay-per-view shows, war games, and a singles main event against sting at Halloween havoc that had already been, uh, printed with ad slicks sent to all the cable television. So how about that? No, I'm not taking the drug test. I'll take it in a few weeks. What's the sense of having a drug testing policy if you're not going to fire him right then? Right. Exactly. 
I'm asking, why didn't you just fire him right then? Well, I, I, I wasn't hiring and firing. They should have fired him right then. They should have said, thank you. You know, I, 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 I can't comment on drug test testing cause I know it's done, but I, I never did. Did you ever have to I be have, in a cup? No, I never had to. Uh, and I never did take drugs except legal prescription drugs. Oh, that's not true. You got high as a motherfucker in Las Vegas this year. Okay. But during my run at, at WCW, I never took drugs. It was legal by the way, when you did it in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, it may have been legal in Las Vegas, but had you peed in the cup, I mean, you know, a, a, a guy could go to Las Vegas on NFL team, NBA team, or. Oh, she slapped him right in the old kisser. Ooh. Watch out. Holy shit. But anyway, uh, no, I never did take drugs. Never did pee in a cup. And I, I, I never did. I would just like to see. I would like to see back in the day how they did drug testing. Well, they, they probably had him take his penis out just, of his I pants just, and then pee into I, a cup. I understand how they physically did it. I just, I didn't buy drug testing back then. I thought it was all a sham. I did. I thought it was all a PR stunt. So there you go. Here on the brass knuckles. Oh, got him. He stuffs them back on his dick hole. Now he's going to cover him up. Back on his dick hole. Two, three, new world heavyweight champion. The big gold belt is going around the tiny waist of ravishing Rick Rude. And there's Fifi there to kiss and make it better. Yeah, boy. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, for not the greatest flair match ever, uh, it wasn't as bad as he made it out to be. But no, it was not. I, I thought it was a pretty damn good finish. Let's talk about uh Shockmaster as we get ready for our main event here. Meltzer would say after the debut where he, you know, busted his ass or whatever, whatever. They're changing the Shockmaster character to Klutz Uncle Fred. They replayed his cra- his clash entrance over and over, and then must have aired an interview or something with him unmasking. On the September eighteenth show, the main is Flair and Rhodes versus Rude and Sid, ending with Rude and Flair. And a figure four and the Harlem heat interfere sting and big Fred make the save, but Fred trips over the guardrail and wipes himself out and the guardrail before he could actually make the save during the show. Several kids were kicked out of the taping because Fred was in the audience and they began chanting "Shockmaster" at him. The middle section in front of the cameras was blocked off again for models and suits as part of the no black kids in front of the camera idea. My goodness. Did you ever hear about a sort of low key, maybe not spoken about unspoken rule? No black kids in front of the camera rule. That That's bullshit. I never heard of that. In fact, no, that, when, when no. Vader got beat by Ron Simmons, that kid's like losing his mind in the front row, right in front of everybody. 
It's weird. That's what Melcher wrote this. Yeah. I'd never read that before. That bullshit. If, if Eric Bischoff is truly running the company now, like he said, there's no way that Bischoff would. Oh, would oh yeah. I agree. Totally. That's not yeah. a Bischoff move for sure. Yeah. By the way, Eric Bischoff received a promotion based on the clash rating to senior vice president. David Crockett was also promoted to executive in charge of all television production. Doug Dellinger getting rid of the, rid of the punks behind us. Good job, Doug. Also should mention that, uh, quote, Sabu received word from WCW. They weren't going to bring him in. Let me get this right. Charlie Norris, thunder and lightning Harlem heat all passed their tryouts and Sabu failed his. Hmm. I think there was a concern that Sabu was a little bit too over the top for us. Might, uh, get some lawsuits with fans or whatever. Might get some lawsuits with fans or maybe what we wanted him to do was not what he wanted to do. And it wouldn't be a good working relationship. The August 18th class of the champions where famously the Shockmaster gimmick happened, uh, yep. got a 3.8 rating viewed in 2.32 million homes. Quote, which caused a major league party at the WCW offices on Friday. It's the largest audience to watch any pro wrestling TV show in the U S in 1993. More people saw the Vader Davy boy Smith on first run than any U S match since November 92, when the WWF had a special, it's the highest rated clash since November of 91. So some good news here amidst all the bad. I don't remember a party. I guess that's a figure speech. If there was a party, I wasn't there for it. I was probably with my kids. We should also mention that the, the month prior to this, uh, in August is when they had the whole situation with Terry Gordy. It would be written the 32 year old Gordy who had been on an international main eventer since his teens, apparently passed out before his arrival at the airport in Japan for the all Japan tour. Two days before the tour started on August 20th, it was announced on the tour's first night at Corkin Hall that Gordy was hospitalized, but no other details were given at the show. The situation was apparently somewhat serious, and that Richard Slinger, Gordon's nephew and frequent partner in six man tags, also missed the early part of the tour, and that reportedly Gordy was still hospitalized as of Tuesday. Promoter Giant Baba told reporters after the show that Gordy wouldn't be appearing on the biggest show of the tour, September 3rd at Budokan Hall in which he was scheduled to challenge Masawa for the triple crown in the main event. Baba announced the match on July 31st between Dr. Death and Kenta Kobashi with the winner getting the title shot. And that of course is the famous overdose situation where Gordy was never the same again. Yeah. What a business really. And you know, what's good about the business now? What's good about the business now, buddy. I'm getting an AEW mode again. Uh, is that it's, it's not like that anymore. Right. It's, I, I think I'm seeing that and I, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying anything about Terry Gordy or his ego, but I, or, or let's talk about Sid vicious and his ego. Massive egos are kind of in check now in the business. I really think so. There's, there's more a feeling of, of, of a team now than there used to be. 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe get in, you know, maybe after, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know, but I, I just, I, I get a, maybe it's because I've been away for so long. I don't know, but I just get a feeling the business has, has changed. The business obviously changed from what you see now on TV screen. It's a different type of product in many ways, but it's also changed behind the scenes as well. And, uh, for the better. Do you remember recutting, uh, spots for this show, uh, like promos because, uh, originally road warrior Hawk was supposed to be in this main event and he's going to be replaced of course, by the Shockmaster. Right. And no, had, I don't remember. Well, you had to recut on me, motherfucker. My voice, your voice out of your mouth hole. You sure? Well, that's what, that's what Dave said, but you're probably right. You remember everything from back then. So <laughs> no, the reason I, the reason I say that is that we had, uh, we had voiceover guys cut spots for us. And that's why I question that. I cut a lot of radio spots for us. I remember back then, but as far as voiceover TV spots, I just, uh, we had voiceover guys. So I, I, I didn't do them all. All right, here we go. Animal, Dustin, Dustin carrying that United States championship with him. British bulldog. I love that Cape. I do too. I wish I knew where that one was. That'd be a cool collectible to have. And there he is. The shock master, no longer yeah. with the helmet and the gimmick, just the hard hat. And they're staying like, can you believe this? Mm. What a cool team that would have been though, you know? Dustin Rhodes staying in the road warriors. You don't think you think the shock master, uh, was not as cool as Hawk. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> no. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you're saying that you're saying that big Fred was the big turd in all this. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, like it doesn't belong there. I, I like One animal, but you know what I like better than animal? The road yeah. warriors. Right. I get it. I want to mention this to you because this fascinated me in my research. Awful lot of discussion earlier this week with the Ole Anderson hotline segments on July 24th, Anderson challenged quote, any rag rider to get in the ring for $10,000. Although during the segment, he talked about it as reviving his old challenge, which apparently in his youth in the Carolinas, Anderson used to offer 10,000 to any Mark. Who yep. could beat him in 10 minutes as a way to show wrestlers were real. Right. Although a few people alive remember that or know what the old challenge was on that segment. Anderson appeared to have lost it. Although not to the extent bill Watts did in a similar situation near the end of his run on July 31st, after Mark Madden of the Pittsburgh post-gazette and pro wrestling torch contacted WCW about accepting the challenge. Anderson cut a promo on the 300 pound Madden saying he was fatter than Haystacks Calhoun and that one of the McGuire twins must still be alive. Anderson was actually pretty funny on this one and tried to work his promo towards drumming up debate between himself and newsletter writers on the WCW hotline and Madden during the past week, faxed WCW a letter asking for his check for $10,000 to get in the ring. And Marvez wrote a column in the Herald about Madden accepting the challenge. Going on the idea that Anderson, a vice president with a Turner company, went on a hotline challenging reporters who criticized him to get in the ring and get beaten up. And on the August 7th hotline, Anderson said, basically he meant it all in fun. What do you remember about Mark Madden 
wanting to actually have a shoot fight with Ole Anderson for 10 G's. I remember thinking, how silly has this fucking gotten? And I remember thinking, and of course I didn't know Madden that well back then, but I, I remember thinking that this is a pretty good publicity stunt for Madden that he could make a little bit of money and, and that, and I always kind of you know, looked up, you know, like, uh, rolled my eyes at it because I remember the old Ole promos back then. I mean, his promos back then, Ole's promos were fucking real back then. He challenged truck drivers. So you think you're a truck driver and you watch us every week and you think you're pretty tough. You're more than welcome to step in the ring. And I always thought this was an extension of Ole just trying to be Ole Anderson and instead of pointing towards truck drivers, pointing towards, you know, the, uh, quote unquote dirt sheet writers thinking that no, I, I think he did that thinking that no one would accept the challenge because no truck driver accepted it. If they did, I, I guess they had no way to find him, but I was, I was surprised it happened. But then when it happened, when, when Madden, you know, wanted to do it, I, I thought, well, this would be a very good publicity for Mark. Mark was pretty sharp about that. And you've gone on to, to meet Mark. You know, he's great guy. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Big part of Starcast two and three. Uh, we're, we're going to try to have him back for Starcast four as well. If he's, uh, if his schedule permits. Yeah. By the way, we're going to ha- start announcing some of our, our headliners and main attractions and our overall theme for Starcast four this next week. You excited about that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope I can make it. You hope you can make it. Yeah, I'm, I've been I've been kind of busy. We're all over the Friday show, so get oh. ready. Okay, and we got something planned for you for Thursday night. Okay, um, let me see where Georgia football is that Saturday. You'll be there Saturday. Uh, don't worry. Okay. I know where you're not going to be. You're not going to be at AEW's full gear. Instead, right. you're going to be at home hosting the Missouri Tigers. Okay. All right, then. You excited about Missouri beating y'all? <sighs> Missouri's not going to beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Would you stop? What? I mean, they scored 61. Really? Yeah, back in 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seriously. Back in 2016, y'all beat Missouri about one point. Wow. How about that? That was like how many years ago? Three. Three. Oh, okay. Just saying. How many of those, not many of those players are still on the team. He hey, thinks- this is pretty, this is a pretty good start to this match. I thought Dustin uh, came in looking pretty good. I hear Kevin Sullivan in the background. Yeah. He's shaking his collar. Is that, is that biggity bug? Uh, that is, uh, that's Chewy Louie. Kill, kill that one. <laughs> oh boy. That one's the jobber. That's the jobber of the Shivani dogs. Who is? We uh, got Ch- Chewy Louie. Chewy, Chewy Louie, Dooley. Oh, Dooley uh, is a turd. Dooley that, is the shock master of the group. <laughs> Miss Tilly. Oh, and, t- Tilly. Tilly's a whore. <laughs> you know, Tilly's a, a, an old whore from way back. And then the bug. Yeah. Biggity bugs. The one who's over. Yeah, I know. Damn right. He's over. He knows he's over too. I love this right here where they're they did rock, paper, scissors with Nick Patrick <laughs> and uh God damn it. The heels win again. Have the baby yep. faces ever won a coin flip or a rock, paper, yep. scissors ever. They've never won. a. The baby faces have never won a coin toss that I remember in war games. 
Did you see that camera that Jackie Crockett just carried by had a giant JCP on it? I didn't notice that. No huge. Wow. Here he comes. Stevie Ray. What was he called then? He wasn't called Stevie Ray then. Was it, uh, Cole? You, you... Hole? Right? What did you say? Did you say hole? Oh, Cole, Cole. What's wrong Got with it. you? <laughs> I thought you said hole. This is uh Stevie Ray was Kane. Booker T was Cole. Kane and Cole. Are you all right? all right? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I got the names right. I feel like you're having an aneurysm here. No, I'm fine. I I'm fine. I'm in, I'm in perfect. I'm, I'm fine. I'm great. Lois, not here this week at the house. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you're telling me. So wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I got to come to Atlanta this week. Uh Oh, that's right. Does this mean I can come to the house? Nope. Wait, Lois isn't there. I don't matter. I don't, that doesn't matter. I'm embarrassed by this house. Wait, and wait, wait. I am. I'm embarrassed by this house. What, why I, would ne- I would never let my friends here. How, how am I going to hang out with you? We're going to go to uh, Tim's brew pub. But then afterwards, after I've had too many Miller lights to drive, I'll just drop you off the airport and you can sleep in the lobby. I'm driving over. Oh, you're driving. Oh, I'll drive you. I'll drive you home. I don't you're, have anything to do on Friday. You're going to drive me home to Huntsville, Alabama. Yep. And then I'll just fly you back. That's fine. No, I mean, oh, that's right. You got your car. I was going to drive you in my car. Well, what are we going to do about my car? Uh, well, if it's the rolls, we'll just leave it in my driveway for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it to you. <laughs> oh, God. That was a very Ric Flair thing to do. I've told you that story, haven't I? Yeah, that he just left his Mercedes at your house for at my house for a week. Yeah, yeah. just like what the fuck. Oh God! Uh, my uh, my detailer is cleaning up a car for me, and he's had it for uh, ten days. Yeah, and it's been ready for like three or four, but our schedules aren't connecting where I can come get it or he can bring it or whatever. Right. So he's gonna okay. have it like three more days. All right, so I look forward to, yeah, Lois is out of town. I look forward to having you in this weekend, but I can't let you come to the house. I'm sorry. Why? Oh, well, first of all, the house is being torn up. What, uh, that, what, got, that, what does that mean? We've got uh, new wood floors being put in the kitchen. Um, they're fixing the ceiling in the, the basement. We had we had, so we had a water damage done. In, uh, you had some deferred the, maintenance issues. Yes. That, that now, thanks to uh, Tony No, Cohen. no, no, no. I, I knew you were going to go that direction with it. That's not true. Oh, thanks to me personally with, yes, with all right. the great success we've had here on the show. Now, thanks to a water leak and thanks to a deductible from a homeowner's insurance, I was able to get done. Yeah. Same thing. That's what we're saying. The <laughs> same thing. Okay. So anyway, the house going to be torn up, have workers in here and everything. And, and I love you. You're my friend, but I can't let you see this house. I can't. <laughs> you want to go to pop pop's house? Hell no. He's got a cool little man cave set up. I don't give a shit. You want to go to, uh, your boss, Cody's house. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, he's got space for days. Yeah. I've, I've been to his house. As a matter of fact, Cody and I live very close to each other now. Cody. Um, I think Cody's like, uh, I think he's in a good place with his house. Yeah. Like he, he's like randomly texts me. How many square feet is your house? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. 
they've got a very big house, nice house, but it ain't like the Conradison. Okay? Oh my gosh. Why are you- it ain't. It's not like the Conradison. Anybody's ever been there goes, holy fuck. Why are you doing this? I don't, I don't know. Why'd you have, why do you have a house that size? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> oh. Watch out. We got to finish coming in. Kicking goes down. He's done juice like his dad would do. <laughs> Dude, Dustin is uh, hitting a gusher here. Are those his dad's boots? Uh, that could be. I think those are his dad's uh, white and yellow boots because they say roads down the side, not okay. uh, natural. Ah, there they go. Do you own these? Yeah. Ah, damn. Yeah. In the very large, spacious Conradison. Dude, I'm in a tiny little office yeah. that I've made <laughs> to my studio, and you're acting like I've got this palatial estate. Yeah. Yeah. You know the thing about Zillow is? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Anybody can find your house on Zillow. No. And they'll go. Yeah, and they, you know what? The first thing will be out of their mouth, and they say that, "What the flying fuck? Why, why? Business is business is picked up." You're clipping all that out. You be, <laughs> be giving all my shit away here on the show. What the hell? <laughs> oh, that was a terrible bump. So are we missing? Oh, I guess the shockmaster is going to be like the the man to come in here and. Clean house. Yeah, this is Dustin Invader started things. It was pretty damn good. But now. Eh. And apparently because the way this show is timed here. Um, by the time the finals, final guys get in, it's good. They're going to go home. Jesus, we still got. We still got two and two now. So two and two times four is eight minutes. And we've got like 10 minutes in the show. Oh, they've done that spot once, but they'll do it again. You ever asked Davy boy jr. About his dad's robe. If he had that. No. Mm -mm. His son is. I think going to be a big star. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Davy boy jr. Is, uh, going to be big. <laughs> yeah, baby. We caught him on top of that steel. You know, basically you kind of got, I, I don't know. Look, we have done a war games match on this podcast before. That was a five-star. Remember that? Right. And who was in it? Uh, Sting squadron. Yeah. And then flair, right? No, he wasn't in that. It was dangerous was Alliance versus sting squadron. Okay. Sometimes I, I just think, I just think some guys are not cut out for a war games. The first war games worked because there was always issue with the horsemen and Dusty's friends. To put a war games up just to have war games to me doesn't work. <laughs> 
Right. Because the issue here is, isn't it the issue of Vader and Cactus here? Oh, it's Klondike Bill. And yeah, a cactus isn't even in it. That's exactly right. Too many uh, overlapping storylines for you? Yeah, I, well, yeah. But not enough of the featured storylines. War Games is your feature event, and it should feature any major issues. And the, the biggest issue is, I don't know, Vader and Cactus. That's Anyway, it's just me doing what every all of you people do. You know, you second guess and rebook and rethink and... Wait, wait, wait. Why are you saying you people? I'm talking to everybody who's listening to our podcast. Everybody, everybody looks at a match and says, I could have booked that better. Don't they? Most of them, most of us do. And not only that, I hate to say it, but in this type of match, there should be more blood. Well, Dustin's. Dustin was Dustin's old school. He's trying to bleed for them all. And guess what? At double or nothing, he did bleed for them all. Oh yeah. Him and Cody. <laughs> oh my God. It was nuts. That was nuts. I mean, right now, everybody should have juice. Vader should be bleeding. It just, everybody should be. That adds to the realism of this. And back then, when you're oh, wow, great maneuver, great maneuver, pal. Uh, back then, when uh, when you're working for Turner, back then, I don't know if you could ask wrestlers to bleed. You know, blood was very much taboo back then. And as a booker, or as a member of the quote-unquote booking committee, could you ask the wrestlers to bleed? Now he should go in. First thing he should do is bust his ass. So he should trip and fall right there. Yeah. I mean, if he's doing the, the klutzy deal, that would make sense. Right. He had plenty of chances to do it too. Yes, he did. Hmm. Nobody giving a fuck on the outside. It's weird to see Booker T in this outfit. This was a, uh, this was a revamped outfit, you know, from when we first saw them. Meltzer would say road warrior animals in stinks corner for no apparent reason, other than he had been advertising all the cable ads until the day of the show as being a participant in the match, even though at no time was it ever possible that he would be because of his Lloyd's of London policy. WCW must have felt the need to have him there to avoid complaints by viewers about false advertising. Hmm. Wow. Nothing hurts promotion like false advertising. So here's the bear hug and you see, look, he's got him and he's looking like I could stop this. I could stop. I'm just looking. I'm just standing. Somebody's supposed to stop me. Somebody's supposed to cut me off. That's it. And now he quits. It's what we call a popcorn fart finish. Shockmaster winning with a bear hug. Wow. 
Shockmaster comes in last and wins, wins with, with a bear hug. Uh-huh. And they walk out of the ring, leaving them in there with their dicks in their hands. <laughs> Let's hear what you're saying on commentary here. Tell you what, Tony, he got in there, he put the big squeeze on Harlem Heat. And look at, he just fell again. No. Look at Vader. Vader. And how about Booker T in the background yelling, I didn't quit. I didn't give up. What's going on here? I did not give up. Yeah, he did. Didn't you see him shake his head? Well, he's claiming he didn't give up, Tony, but I got to verify with you. Yes, he did give up. And who <laughs> How about Booker T just yelling into the camera? I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. What a sucker that was. Come on, everybody's cut a promo in the camera. You might as well do it there, Stevie Ray. Cause suckers got to know. Uh, Jesse and I are still going to have how many minutes? About a minute to change hands. Houston, Texas, baby. People cannot wait to get out of there. <laughs> they are racing for the, aisle. they're racing for the, st for the stands. See people throwing shit. I do. What do you think? Uh, what do you think you guys are saying here? Uh, are you going to, you want me to try to pretend or are you going to pot it up here? Never well, mind. Fuck it. Well, well, Jesse Ventura, we have seen uh, one of the uh, cogs at the end of WCW. Hopefully soon we'll get Hulk Hogan aboard, and then we'll try to just revamp the company. But right now we are going down the shitter. And don't forget, our next pay-per-view is going to be even worse. Right, Jesse? And what about the, the outfit you were wearing? Take a look at that piece of shit that you got on yourself. You know what the biggest joke is? The guy to my right is going to be a governor one day. What the fuck? Unbelievable that this is the worst show. Is this the worst WCW show we've covered, you think? Uh, I, yeah, yes, I do. Absolutely. Worst one ever. Oh, Jim Barnett's name in there. Holy motherfucking Christ. There's our, uh, Neil Pruitt. Yeah. Who else is on there? Jeff Bornstein. He does Chance lighting for AEW now. Mike Weber. Yep. Doc Dillinger. Gary Juster. Annette Yother, Jody Hamilton, Bill Dundee, Greg Gagne, Grizzly Smith, Mike Eagle, Jenny Eagle, Gary Juster. You said David Crockett, 
The F in, in David Crockett is for fuck. <laughs> David fucking Crockett. And there's your executive producer. And there's our promo. Halloween Havoc 1993, which we've covered. You can catch in the archives. Got to tell you, Tony. Pretty disappointing show for WCW, but uh, not for the fans of this show who love Tony Reed's rap. I thought you did a great job today with Back Then and Many Men. Well, thanks. I, uh, I'm, I'm reluctantly doing this. But since you love it, I'm going to do it. And, and again, and I'm sincere about this, it is, uh, there's some rap songs out there that are pretty cool. And well, I enjoy doing them. I'm, I'm sure you're really excited about DJ Quick's Sweet yeah. Black Pussy next yeah. week. And I, yeah. What? You're not? I know you're no, going to I, I, No, I am. Now. I can just tell you this right now. Don't ever, don't ever ask me to read rap. From anything from Kodak Black. You should. I ain't, I ain't fucking doing it. I wish you wouldn't have told me that because it never even crossed my mind until right now. And now it's all I can think about. Yeah. Well, now you need to think about something else. Well, here's the deal. I, uh, I love Kodak Black, as you know. I, I don't get it. And he has a, a great song called Identity Theft off his album last year. Yeah. And it starts like this. Well, I, I hang on. Fresh out of jail, but don't think I'm scared to go back, motherfucker. Yeah. And later he says, fresh out of jail, made another milli, and bitch don't think I changed because I didn't. And I think Tony Schiavone rapping, fresh out of jail, made another milli, and bitch don't think I changed because I didn't. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, cause I, cause I won't, uh, Here's the, what's the name of the, uh, thing called identity theft. Yeah. Well, that's, that's apropos. Don't you think? Because he is stealing the identity of a rapper. Well, hang on now. Let's just let our listeners just hear the beginning of the song. Fresh out of jail. We don't think I'm scared to go back. Motherfucker. I still hit a nigga with that glizzy. They rock on part. I'm back to stealing our dinner. I'm back to credit card theft. Back to credit card fraud. Fresh out of jail in Atlanta records. Drop that bag on me. Yeah, them crackers just drop that bag on me again. Let me hear it. Fresh out of jail, I made another million. And bitch, don't think I changed because I didn't. That would be a hit with you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Okay. But there's plenty of other great rappers out there and great, great songs out there. What's the one rap song that starts out? We got hoes. Uh, well, all of them. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I think I think maybe what you're thinking about is, I mean, this has been requested a lot. Area uh, codes by Ludacris. Is that what you're talking about? Could have been, yeah. That one. Where you go? Yeah. I've got hoes. I mean, that is one of our most requested. I think maybe we need to hit that for you one day. All right. Because now you're going to be on, on tour every single Wednesday, all across the country. Yeah. And you might have hoes in different area codes. Uh, it's, that is doubtful Conrad, but thank you very much for trying to start stir that pot. Well, I mean, it's not like Lois listens. She ain't going to know. I know. And besides she'd be, she'd be fine. If you did, she wouldn't care. You'd leave her alone. Give her a break. I mean, I was told that you wore that thing plumb out. 
manufacture recall over there. And that's the reason she's out of the house right now. You had to put her in the shop, <laughs> put Humpty Dumpty back together again, put her in the shop. <laughs> I told you beat it to sleep so many times she's in traction. She's got an inversion table. I had to put her up on the rack, lift it up, take a look underneath of her. I'm not going to reveal the source, but one of the Shivani children told me he came over this a few months back. He said, well, you know, since dad's lost all this weight, uh, he's a lot more active and I didn't plan on hearing what I heard. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it sounded like he was fucking a stack of plates. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, <laughs> don't need that. but I was like, wow. And then last, a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I fuck hot pussy till it's cold. It's like, wow. Stack of plates. Are you, are you ready for DJ quick next week? I don't think you are. I don't think I am either. Can I just, um, can no. I just give you like a, a line no. or two from the lyrics just as like a tease. Okay. Read it to me. Bitch. I'm like Noah's Ark. My bitches come in pairs. Oh, that's even sacrilegious. Hmm. Here's one you'll like. Okay. Some of these bitches try to act unfair. Maybe it's because my hair is longer than theirs. But I don't give a fuck. No, I don't care. Because I'm like Noah's Ark. My bitches come in pairs. This will be. <laughs> you'll have fun with this. Yeah, I will. Well, and yes, I hear you. Lots of requests for too short. We're going to get there. Okay. I mean, lots of people want to hear you do cocktails from too short. Have you ever heard that song? No, I Conrad, I've heard none of this shit. The only one, the only song I've heard is ignition. Well, uh, that too short song starts H E A H E A T. All you washed up hoes trying to throw that pee. That's, I mean, that's, that's where we are in your life right now. Yeah. The things we'll do to make a living. I know. I know. Do a podcast with Conrad. They said it'll, it'll be, be fun, fun. They said, well, I, I did have fun today and I appreciate that, uh, everybody stuck with us through one of the worst WCW shows of all time. Fall brawl, 1993, it got 00.9% thumbs up. That's two votes overall, 208 thumbs down, nine thumbs in the middle, real stinker of a show. But now, thankfully, when I look at my clock, I realize it's about that time. Rick Root has already come to the ring. Conrad Thompson, uh, it's Tony Schiavone, Conrad Thompson here at ringside, ready for the Ric Flair versus Rick Rude match. And we are waiting for Ric Flair to come in with that gorgeous purple robe. But wait a minute. Coming to the curtain is Fifi the maid, Wendy, as we all know her. She has grabbed the microphone and she has said that Ric Flair is not going to be able to perform tonight. And she's dropped the mic and she's walked away. Well, she's the boss and them the rules. And we're out of time. We'll see you next week on What Happened When. We're coming to you each and every Wednesday. And then again on Mondays on Patron.